Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast 2022 season preview. Number one, part one, the Elite Serbian. I hope you're well. My name is Jonathan Vaduba, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and colleague, Steve Wiss. And <clears throat> the new season is upon us. You may have been waiting many months for uh, these, these juicy season previews. We do them every year. I think this is year five now. Um, we started this podcast in 2017, Steve. Starting to feel a bit old, half a decade. And more than 115 episodes, at least. I think we're on 118 episodes, roughly. So uh, you are in the best place to be for Norway, Sweden, and even Denmark these days. We we have drafted in a, a friend of ours covering Denmark. So this is the number one place to be for football in Scandinavia. Welcome to the show. My colleague, Steve, is the Elite Serian expert. For those who are new to the show and I'm listening, um, and for those who have been listening, you'll know him as Meat Man Soccer. And he is back. We've got a huge episode today as we preview uh, Elite Serian 2022 season. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Steve. How are you, my friend? Jonathan, that was some introduction. Um, thank you very much. How am I? I've not been so well, unfortunately. As, as you know, I uh, I was uh, COVID positive last week and I was a bit under the weather. And Well, the whole house was a bit under the weather, really. So it's, it's not been ideal for me recently, but... Um, I uh, am pretty much close to full health and full strength now and uh, just in time for the start of the Elite Serian season. So I'm doing all right. I hope you're well too. Yeah, very good. Thanks. And, uh, you know, they call you, you know, you called your fantasy team last season, Meet Man Warriors, didn't you? And I think uh, you're certainly showing the warrior spirit there. Um, obviously, your positive test. I know you've avoided it for a while and, and you know, finally came down with something, but you soldiered on. Um, because your dedication to this show is unparalleled. So, uh, yeah, great to have you back. And um, before we get into sort of, okay, so the format for this season preview, for those who are new to it, uh, basically we predict the whole uh, table. We predict the table and go through team, sort of team by team and cover um, the title race. We, we sort of cover mid-table. And then we look at the teams that we expect to struggle and maybe get relegated and we, and we put our own predictions in. Um, we're also have 10 to watch which is our famous 10 to watch um every year we we, we pick 10 players to keep an eye out for for the season to come and then obviously uh, we monitor them and, and see how they do during the season and uh it's been it's become quite a successful uh, part of the show hasn't it steve i think we, we kind of um we've got a bit of a knack for discovering talents obviously we have back our own personal backgrounds in analysis and scouting and, and, and data that kind of thing um and it's become quite popular so Looking forward to all that in in the uh, in the in the days and weeks to come. Um, this is our first episode uh, of the season previews. We'll also have an Allsvenskan uh, Swedish season preview coming out this week. So stay tuned. Um, get us on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. These are going to be two free episodes. But we do have a few announcements to make before we get into this show and the season preview. Um, I mean, Steve, you happy for me to run run through them? Yeah, you better run through them because my cats are going mental in the background here. This seems to happen every single year on this Elitist Aryan season preview show. I know that. <laughs> I know that your cats get excited about this uh, this preview podcast, don't they? <laughs> every year they come up with it. If you hear any background meowing or pussy noises, then um, yeah, you know what it is. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so moving swiftly on. Um, just to sort of recap, well, we're going to be making some changes to the podcast this year. Uh, for those who know, we we have a Patreon and we've decided this season that we will be moving the uh, 10 to watch uh, to Patreon. So 
this is the formal announcement of uh, two new tiers. Uh, we have a tier called the Freddie Lundberg tier, which is coming out, and also the uh, Gold Star Kietil Knutsen tier on Patreon. This is patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. So our plan this season is we're going to create some bonus content uh, in the year to come, which is going to be available to subscribers only. It's a sort of payment model. And we're moving down that model because we've had so much interest from um, people within the football world, uh, you know, people who, you know, clubs who listen to this show, scouts. Um, and we feel that it's the time to, you know, we did consider maybe going to an advertising model, um, as a lot of shows do, you know, run adverts before the show. The good news is we're going to be staying completely um, advert free on the on the main podcast. So there'll be a free podcast, which is the one you're listening to now, hopefully, uh, which will be on Spotify, iTunes. And then we're going to also have a, a bonus podcast, which is going to be on uh, Patreon. And the 10 to watch will be behind that Patreon. So um, if you go to that website, as I've just mentioned, we will also plug it on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. You will see the, the plugs to that as, as the weeks go by. Um, we're also going to be bringing in some new content this season, including uh, YouTube videos. Steve has persuaded me to uh, get the cameras out and actually put my face, my ugly mug on, on YouTube. So um, we're working on something for that, which is quite exciting for the 10 to watches. Um, the tiers in terms of Kitchell Knutson and, and Freddie Lungberg, they're slightly different price tiers. Essentially, we're going to be offering match analysis, betting previews, um, YouTube videos from time to time. Obviously, you can generally support us as well for, for the lower price tier. And uh, we're also going to be bringing back the player in focus and player profiles, which are also very popular. Um, I think the, 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 the benefit, uh, Stephen, maybe you'll agree with me, is, is that a, it'll be a place for the content to go that we can store it. We, we found in the past sometimes that, uh, for example, when we predict a player who's going to be big, if we then try and go back through the archives and find out when we talked about them, we don't have the our library system to be able to sort of figure it out. And uh, without sort of hiring someone maybe to help us with all that and going back through the archives, I think now the the, the 10 to watchers and things like that, they'll have their own separate section that people can just find on on the Patreon uh, and the player in pro in focus player profiles things like that we've 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 called so many players i mean i remember talking about erling brett harlan when he was at molder steve you know we've talked about sort of um patrick berg there's so many players over the years we've predicted to, to go on to big things um jesper carlson uh, i could name so many players and i went hock on evian um that's like witchery so we feel like that that is a strong area of the podcast and, and it's time to sort of um maybe ask for something in return for that i think in terms of the free podcast, which will continue, we'll continue every week in that format with match analysis, uh, season previews, obviously, which you listen to now, weekly match talk and discussions of the league, what's going on, uh, our predictions for the season. And also fantasy football will be a mixture between uh, Patreon and and free. So week to week, we'll, we'll discuss the fantasy leagues and what's going on. But we'll also have sort of bonus content for fantasy as well from time to time on Patreon. And obviously, we tend to have exclusive interviews on this show don't we um we've had some incredible guests over the years and those will continue to go on uh, our free show as well so you're going to get most of what you're getting already but we, we we're going to offer something extra now for uh, subscribers who are already existing and also those maybe who want to join us and, and commit uh to knowing a little bit more in detail and insight into scandinavian football because uh you know i've said it for many years and and it is without being boasting but i think we're the number one place for, for these leagues I think we offer great value in terms of content. And I think it's time now, especially when, you know, the leagues are sort of paywalling, the, all the local news sites are paywalled now. And we we obviously have to access that as well to um, get the latest news and things like that. I think it's, it's time. Maybe that's a new way. So patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast, if you're interested. 
um, to sign up to those tiers and, and access the, the 10 to watches and everything else I've just mentioned. Steve, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, are you excited about this this season and this new format we're going down in terms of player profiles and, and players for in focus and, and YouTube videos? Yeah, very well explained there, Jonathan. And I must say thanks to all those who have supported us on Patreon over the last few years. Um, you've not always had great value for money, but uh, you will certainly be getting that now because we uh, have got some uh, we're committed to very much regular content on there. Um, we've got a specific goal in mind in terms of uh, the type of content we want each particular week. And I, I think I, I think this will probably become more clearer uh, after a few weeks. Um, you know, the content will be there on Patreon uh, and you will know what you can access and unlock. And nothing, not a lot changes really in terms of the main podcast here. It's going to be free each week and it's going to be very, very similar. Um, but uh, we're just going to be adding some extra things on Patreon, which some might find uh, uh, interesting. Um, and, you know, it's going to be good quality content. Um, it's got some I, some YouTube videos uh, set up as well, which, um, you know, will bring uh, the voice to the face in terms of myself and you, Jonathan, hmm. uh, in, in this. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And um, like I said, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, you, you mentioned the paywalls there and it is, it's very much widespread now up in Scandinavia. And, um, you know, we want, to, we want to support them sites as well. They've got a make a living and and and, and so we really so um it's all kind of all things together i think um you know we've got a good plan going forward uh, i'd like to think anyone that does join the patreon will get good value for money so um you know we'll take it from there I'm, I'm sure we can provide some really good content and i'm looking forward to the, the season ahead in uh, in norway and sweden yeah and you know as i've mentioned then the, the prices aren't sort of uh, crazy so if you if you check out the, the website with the links you'll see you'll see i mean we're talking you know, a pint or a couple of co couple of cups of coffee per month type thing. Um, it's a subscription model, and and we'll be offering good value for that. I think, uh, you know, if you're a scout, if you're an analyst, if you're working in recruitment in Sweden, you want to know the best young players. Maybe you want to know the best performing players. You want to know, you know, if you're if you're someone is, who's involved in betting, for example, if you're 18 or, or over, and you want to sort of maybe get weekly tips uh, from Meatman, a world class betting analyst. You know, those are that's going to be the place to be able to find that that kind of content. Um, we will still talk about players, obviously, weekly on the show, so there's no real difference there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the way we're going to go for the beginning of this season. We hope you'll support it and we hope you'll sort of get by it because we've offered sort of five years' worth now of uh, pretty much free content. And I think that uh, as much as we'd love to continue to do that, we, we also need to consider the time that goes into the show in bringing you the best uh, analysis we can. So hopefully um, that is a well-explained way of explaining it. But let's now get into the meat of this episode, Steve. The season preview for Elisa Serian 2022. Now, before we start, just give me a bit of a recap on 2021. Um, what happened and what's happened since then? You know, the summer, uh, sorry, the winter window came along. There were some transfers, which we'll talk about. Obviously, Buda Glimt have, have, have been in Europe. So just tell me how the season ended, you know, kind of recap the end of that season. And then, you know, who went, who, who, who won the league, who, who went down, who should we look out for coming up? And then just tell us about the kind of run up the last few months, what's been going on before you get into your pre predictions? Yeah, it was quite an exciting season, really. We had a, uh, a two-way title battle, went to the last game of the season. Buda Glimt retained their crown. Two years in a row, they've now won the gold medal. And two years in a row, Mulder finished second after they won the gold medal in 2019. Down at the bottom of the table, Mjöndal uh, relegated uh, along with Starbeck automatically. Brand lost out to Jörg in a wild playoff on penalties. And um, 
well, I also know Rosenborg failed to qualify for Europe for the first time in well over a decade. They they finished down as low as fifth, and uh, yet again more disappointment in uh, Oslo with Volerenga finishing seventh and uh, beaten by their arch rivals Lillestrøm into fourth. And well, since then I guess the big storyline has been in Europe with Budaglim qualifying up to the quarterfinals of the Europa Conference League. There's been plenty of um, transfers. The Norwegian Cup's been going on. We're now at the semi-final stage of the Norwegian Cup. We've got Mulder against Godset and Glimt against Viking. So uh, that is all coming up in the next few weeks. And now the start of the Elite Serian season, Saturday the 2nd of April, and things get underway. Yeah, and it was a really good title race. I enjoyed it. You know, Mulder sort of hang in there, didn't they? And you did predict last season Buda, Buda would win the league. I remember you even saying if they matched their previous season, the 2020, what was it, 2020 season, when they nearly went the whole season unbeaten, you said you'd, you'd go vegan for a week uh, on last year's show. Didn't quite happen for you, did it? They had a lower points total, didn't they, than the previous year, but still managed to win the league by, by quite a comfortable margin. Um, what do you expect for this season's title race? Um and do you think it'll be kind of uh, quite close without giving, obviously, your, your top two away, maybe? How are you sort of uh, forecasting this season based on last year? Because it was only a three-point gap between uh, Mulder and Budaglimp last season. Yeah, I think we can expect perhaps something similar again in terms of the, the sides involved. And also, look, what Glimt achieved in 2020 was was something once in a lifetime. Yeah, or in a generation. You know, we may never see the likes of that points tally again, that goals tally again. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if anyone gets to 70 points, let alone, you know, 80. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get plenty of excitement. I think it's going to be really close in the in the bottom half of the table. We'll come to that later. I think there's several sides that you could say, oh, they might go down, they might go down. Um, you know, there's a, there's a real case to, to make for, for a lot of different teams there. Uh, so I think we're going to be close at both ends of the table. I think we're going to get a really attack-minded league. Uh, some new managers coming in have, have promised entertaining, exciting football. We've lost Mjöndal and no disrespect, but they were fairly boring. Um, you know, we've lost Starbeck, who, you know, it's not always been the greatest watch in the last few years. So I think we're in for a really exciting season. I think I just had your, your cat there. I'm not sure, but... Uh, there's yeah, something I'm... going on. It's, I, it's as if there's a mouse going on, uh, moving around somewhere. This, mm -hmm. this happens every year without fail in the Elite Serian season preview, I tell you. Do you get a lot of mice in your area? No, 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 no. I mean, that was just a joke. But if there's mice in my house, I'm not too happy. But say. I don't know what it is about these cats on this show. I mean, last year, was it two years ago, I got attacked by one. Midway yeah, through. I was going to say, well, you know, they're excited, as, as we are for this uh, season preview. So, listen, you've given the sort of overview of last season. Let's now get into this and tell us uh, who you've got. Normally, we do top to bottom, don't we? So, we predict the champions first. Mm. And this season, you haven't gone any different. I'm looking at your season previews now. You've got in first place. Who have you got, Steve? You tell us. I am predicting Buda Glimp to win the title again. Um, this is obviously not the most original pick in the world, but um, I, I see them going uh, three times in a row here, Buda Glimp. They, uh, they're quite simply the, the, the best unit, the best side in Norway right now, as we can see in, in, in the Europa Conference uh, League. You know, they are playing at a very high level. Chetel Knudsen has got them, you know, operating like a, a really well-oiled machine. And the big thing for me was them keeping the manager. I mean, we didn't expect Chetel Knudsen to be taking charge, did we, this season? I mean, the back, back end of last season, we were talking about what club is going to get him. He was linked with several sides. 
I'm sure at some stage he will move on, but you've got to think he probably lasts at least a whole season here or quite a long, at least until mid to late summer. And, you know, something really tempting might come up, but just keeping Knudsen will always give Buda Glimt a massive chance of winning the league. And they've got a very, very good squad again. And um, yes, they've lost players, but they've uh, signed well. There's youngsters or players from within their own setup that are ready to step up and be counted, as we've talked about before. And, you know, they've they've had the challenge of Europe before, the experience of dealing with that. Um, and I think they'll be well equipped for a title defence in, in 2022. And um, I feel like some of those below maybe are not as strong as they would want to be either. So you're going for a three-peat for, mm-hmm. uh, for Buda Glimt, which would be incredible, isn't it? I mean, I'm not sure how many teams have won three back-to-back. I mean, I'm, I imagine Rosenborg have done it. Um at some point, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rosenborg won about 10 in a row, didn't they? I think in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Um, or maybe like 13 in a row or something ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, not something done very often in recent times. And, I mean, Kitchell just signed a new deal, didn't he? He signed a new contract at the back end of last season when there was a lot of rumours that he would leave. Um, we've already established he's pretty much one of the uh, best managers, if not in, in Scandinavia, then perhaps in Europe. Um, given the style of football, the, the beatings they've dished out to like San Jose Mourinho, um, they, they've really been good in Europe as well, haven't they? I mean, they just um, knocked out Ezra Dalmar, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and it was a, you know, it was a close tie. They got past Celtic very comfortably, and you know all this is on the back. You know, this is during their off season. You know, the Norwegian season hasn't yet started, so they've done magnificently well. To, uh, to to be where they are, and um, you know, we, we in, the, in the episodes we've had so far this season. Sorry, one of my cats is going absolutely mental. We're going to have to pause this. Hold on. Well, listen, your cat your cat seems to scream whenever Buddha Glimpse are, uh, are name dropped, and uh, it's quite quite funny to think that you know before 2020 they'd never won the league in their entire history, and now you're going for a three-peat for them. Um, interestingly enough, looking back through the through you know elite Serian records, uh, obviously in the past it was called the Tipper League game as well, wasn't it? Um, Rosenborg won the title 13 times between 1992 and 2004. But the only other team to do a three-peat uh, since the 70s, 1970s, you've got to go back to, even since the 1960s, in fact. The last team to do that was Viking in the 70s, 72 to 75. They won four in a row. So this would be you know, almost unprecedented in the sort of last 40, 50 years, uh, besides Rosenborg and, and that great Viking side. So, yeah, you're going for them to, to win the title. It would be an incredible achievement for Gunnarsson if he stays. Um, who are the key players that they've sort of got in their team? You know, they, one thing I noticed about uh, Buda Glim, every year they seem to lose probably the two or three best players. You know, what formation do you expect them to line up in and how do you expect them to look with uh, new signings, etc.? Well, it's going to be 4-3-3 again. And, um, you know, if you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes this calendar year when we previewed the Celtic and Europa League matches, you know, briefly, you know, the key losses are Patrick Berg, Eric Bottheim, uh, Marius Luder and Frederick andre Bjerkan. Now, obviously, that's the players from all different areas of the field and, and replacing them are um, Bryce Wembangomo, who is coming from Sanderfjord, Fullback, primarily a right back, but at the moment he's playing left back for, for Glimt. Uh, up front, Rudar Espiord has come in from, well, here in Veen, but really it's from Tromso, isn't it? Their arch rival is one of the strikers. Um, and replacing Patrick Berg in midfield is going to be a guy from within Elias Christopherson Hagen, who 
Um, you know, plenty of talk about him this season. He can step up and, and go really well. They brought in Anders Conrassen from Rosenborg, experienced head in the middle of the park who, who, who should go well. And, you know, in terms of other key players within the squad, I would say Hugo Vettelson. This is probably his year to really step up. Obviously, Ulrich Soltnes, the captain, is a, is a crucial leader for them in the middle of the park. And, um, you know, keeping Armel Pellegrino, who was only on a short-term contract last season, there was talk that he would leave the club, but they retained his services. And we know he kills the elititarian. So they've got plenty of other top quality players around sold back and always catches the eye in uh, on the on the wings there and the goalkeepers actually starting to finally get a bit of credit Nikita Kaikin who is uh, actually he may even leave the club in the summer actually I could see him leaving um he's steadily got better they've got a good all-round strength they've lost players but they do a great job in replacing them I would just add on that you know that, uh, if you look at some of the transfers going out Botheim 4.5 million according to transfer to Krasnodar Patrick Berg, four million to uh, Lance. Uh, Elias Hoff Melkerson, nearly four hundred grand to uh, Hibernian in, in Scotland. You're really seeing, you know, Frederick Andrew Bjorkan's gone to the Hertha Berlin on a free. We're seeing a lot of players leave the league, isn't it? And I just wonder how is that going to affect uh, Buda Glimt? And with some of the players coming in, Brees, with Mangomo and there's Conrad and players like that, how how you how you see them lining up? Oh, they've done very well in the transfer market. They've, uh, you know, recouped it nearly uh, nearly ten million um, pounds, which is a tremendous amount for a club like Buda Glimt. Um, I mean, even like Melkerson to Hibs there for nearly half a million—that's a lot of money for someone who hardly ever played a, a minute for, for Buda Glimt. So, you know, they bot time was Krasnodar uh, paid way too much money for him. Um, so, they've done very well, Buda Glimt in, in the market, and um, you know this. You know, if they manage themselves well off the field as well as on it, you know, there's no reason why they can't become a consistent, formidable force in Norwegian football. Yeah, they're not a traditional powerhouse, but if they play their cards right, then they can certainly become a, a real stronghold of Norwegian football. That amount of money in itself is, you know, if they invest that wisely, then then fair play. But you know, they've done they've done really well to get the the money they have. They've obviously lost some good players for free as well, which is a shame. But um, they've not exactly spent a lot of money. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys are coming on free transfers, you know, Conrad and Wembangoma, for example. And um, it, you just know that they, the coaching system here and the, the environment means that players will be up-coached and become better uh, at Buda Glimt. Fantastic stuff. Uh, so you got Buda Glimt first place. I have got them winning the league again. And if you look at how they've done it over the last two seasons. Last year, they found a different way to get the gold medal. It wasn't plain sailing. They came through some sticky spells, and I think they'll use that experience to good effect this year. They do have distractions. They will be in the Champions League qualifiers again in, in July, August, uh, or European qualifiers. They're still in the Conference League, and we had a question from... Um, it was team overs. Thank you very much for the question. Do you expect Budo to start off slowing the Elitisarian with the priority being given to the Conference League? And how will they handle it? Yeah, it's not going to be easy. They've got a double header against Roma, and who knows, they might beat them again and, and get through to, to semi finals and, and stuff. There's no doubt the first few weeks, I think, you know, will be tricky for Glimt, and they've got, I think, Rosenborg first match. They've got Volarenga in there, Viking as well. Uh, they've got a Norwegian Cup semi-final. So 
they might be vulnerable in the first few weeks and, and drop a few points, but then I think they'll get into a nice rhythm probably around sort of end of May, throughout the whole of June and then early July. And then obviously European qualifiers start again. But I just see them as the best overall team, the best coach side. They've got plenty of quality. And, you know, I'm going to talk about some of the other contenders soon. But I just don't really see Buda Glimp dropping below 60 points. And 60 is probably enough to win this league right now. You don't need to be sort of mid to late 60s or 70 to, to get the gold medal. So I don't really see them dipping below that sort of mark. I think they're quite a consistent side that usually really strong at home. That's Mira Stadion is a t really tough place to go. Well up north. Sometimes, you know, teams just don't fancy it. They only lost once in the league at home last year. That was to Mulder. It's quite simply a fortress. And yeah, they do have a few problems away sometimes notoriously on grass, but there's only five grass surfaces now in the Elitis Herion. And if you end up playing there in the middle of summer, it doesn't really make much difference. Like I say, I don't think we can expect anything like the 2020 levels of you know knocking on the 80-point door and things like that. But I think they're going to be right up there in the title race. Yes, they will drop some points. It's just a question, will other teams have enough about them to be strong and, and get into the sort of mid to late 60-point mark? And, and I don't think that's going to happen, personally. You're predicting them to retain the title. Let's move to your second predict prediction. Last season, you predicted Wallerenga in second. Uh, and to be fair to you, they had a really good season, so you know I'm not going to get any back for that. It was slightly off, but uh, you know they they certainly showed their their ability, didn't they, with a a decent campaign. Um, this season, you have got who have you got in second place? Yeah, a bit of a this is a bit of a surprise actually. A lot will not expect this, but I'm I'm putting Rosenborg in second place. Now hear me out here because they're not exactly high on people's lists right now, but. This there's, there's a few reasons for I think Rosenborg are going to do well. Number one, they're not in Europe. Now, that can be a big thing because we've seen in July, August, like uh, teams like Mulder, Buda Glimt last season, they can go through slumps. It, it just catches up with you all this travel and, and the qualifying matches are, are so important for these teams. You know, they get you know the money and the income from that. Rosenborg for the first time in over a decade, they're not going to have that worry. So that's the important thing. I was just looking through the actual squads on paper as well. And it's a very good, in terms of quality, they're right up there with both Mulder and Blimt. And, um, you know, I think if they really had a, an elite manager in charge of them, they could probably title challenge. Um, they do have a new manager this season in Jethel Rechtal, who comes in from Ham Cam. He led Ham Cam to the league title of the Obos last season. Now, Rechtal may not have tremendous managerial pedigree, but he does have a great reputation from back in the day, well over 100, 100 Norwegian caps. You know, he was a real solid defender back in the day. You wouldn't mess with him. He commands respect. And I think we've got to give him a little bit of respect as a manager as well. He tends to produce quite solid teams and we can't expect miracles from day one. And they may get off to a slow start, but I've looked at their fixture list. They've got a lovely span of games in, in the middle of the summer where they could by then, they might be settled and get on a really good winning run, whilst other teams are dropping points due to the European backlog. So I think there's a few factors. I think over the course of the season, they might just sort of gradually move up the table and could be the side that sort of nicks second place. Yeah, and I've seen that they've um, they've lost Dino Aslamovic, um, who was previously in Sweden, wasn't it? It doesn't look like it's gone too well for him. He's moved to South Korea. Who would you say the key sort of transfers they brought in, Stephen? How are they shaping up? Because just to give a bit of background for listeners, 
Rosenborg's last two uh, season finishes, finishing the fifth last season, which was incredible, behind Lillestrom even and Viking. And the year before that, they finished fourth. So they've really been on a bit of a downward spiral, haven't they? They are the, like the Bayern Munich of this league. But it's really been a, a few years in the doldrums. 15 points off Glimp last season. How do they make that up and how close can they get to Glimp? They've had problems off the field. They've just not been making the right decisions transfer-wise, manager-wise. A bad feeling around the place. You know, even Rechdal coming in, he wasn't the first-choice manager. They wanted Knudsen. They wanted the guy from Hammerby, I do believe. I forget what his name was. They were linked with others. It's like Rechdal's almost like sloppy thirds or fourths. But it doesn't mean he can't make an impact here. I, I honestly feel like most uh, managers could come in this squad and certainly should challenge for a medal with the, with the quality they've got. Who is going to be? I mean, they've signed Brian Fiabima on loan from Chelsea. Now, for those who play football manager, this is a lad who's been off one of the wonder kids in the last two or three versions. He's very fast. I've never actually seen him play much, but very quick winger. Um, he looks quite good. They've got Victor Jensen on loan from Ajax, uh, either-footed, creative midfielder. I think he could go well. They've signed Tobias Borkaik, uh, who was ex-Starbeck. He's 23 years old now. It didn't quite work out for him away from Norway, but I think he could be a really solid signing for them at the back. Samuel Rogers, they brought... Um, Rechdal's brought him with him from Hamcam last season. Unfortunately, he's injured for the first seven or eight weeks now uh, to start the season, but supposedly the American is quite a, a good player. And, you know, they've got quality from within as well, which I'll talk about, I'm sure. But um, you know, this is a good squad. It's I'm not saying it's absolutely loaded, but there's enough quality here. Rosenborg, they, they're historically a, they're the biggest club in this country and um, they've had a bad season. They, they're going to want to get their pride back and um, I'm not underestimating them this year. In terms of the manager that you, you've mentioned there, you know, you, um, I suppose you're expecting them to, to turn it over and you said no Europe as well. That's, that's probably quite a big thing for them. What do you think their potential upturn in fortunes this season will be based on? Will it be because they have a strong defence? Or will it be because they've got really good strikers? You know, where where are you seeing them getting these games? Because 58 scored last season, uh, which is, wasn't too bad, actually. Second best in the league. I think there's third best in the league. Uh, no, fourth best in the league, actually. Sorry. Um, and they conceded 42, which was obviously where they, you know, leaked quite a lot of goals, didn't they? Where do you see them improving this season? Defensively, I think Rick Dahl is known for his organisation, his discipline. That Hamcan side last season in Obos Ligue had the best defensive record by far. And I know it's you can't really compare the two divisions, but he will set up, uh, I think, quite hard to break down at times. And let's be honest, they've still got a very good goalkeeper in Andre Hansen. They've got a very good uh, understudy in Julian Feierlund. So they've got goalkeeper sorted. Defensively, uh, right hand was really solid at right back last year. Adrian Nielsen Pereira at left back, I think, has got a good year ahead of him. You know, they've got some experience like um, Marcus Henriksen, Persian Shellbread in, in midfield. You know, this, I, I think that's where they can improve. They're, they're, they're probably they will nick a few good 1-0s and 2-0s at times once they've settled in. I think they could have a bit of a turbulent start to the year. The fixture list is not easy. But like I said, things do then settle down and they might just gradually... I don't think they're going to be necessarily a great watch, Rosenborg, but... Um, yeah, they, they'll be effective, I think, and, and that's all they need to be at times. Um, in addition to their individual players like uh, Carla Holzer, I think it's kind of a, a really strong campaign. And Vecchia, of course, on the wings, uh, was one of their few standout players last season who I expect 
to kick on this year. But I certainly think they can improve defensively and probably improve their efficiency in attack. Great stuff. Let's move to third place. Um, you mentioned just to uh, you know recap slightly. Uh, so you got Budapest in top, Rosenborg second. Who have you got third? Yeah, I'm going Mulder in third place. And um, yeah, this might easily. Last season I was exactly the same. I put them third and they finished second. So I might be wrong again. They they may well be the side that does challenge Buda Glimpse for the top. But I'm a bit worried they've lost a couple of key players. They're switching formations. And I just I'm just concerned that defence of theirs, it, it concedes too many goals for my liking. And eventually that will Mulder have had this motto of sort of mantra, sorry, of, of just outscoring sides in the last few years. And often it does work, but sometimes that isn't good enough. And, you know, they might lose a wild game like 4-3 or draw a daft one 3 all. And their defence, I think, could cost them points. And, and that concerns me a little bit. They've lost Ohi, who was the top scorer in the league last year. You know, been a top man for them. Andreas Linder in goal is arguably a more concerning departure as well, though, because he, you know, he made, he was crucial for them the last few few seasons. I think he kind of papered over a lot of cracks at the back and they've signed Jakob Karlstrom from Tromso, who's a, a, a bright keeper and, and, and I rate him. But I feel if they wanted to go with a domestic keeper, I think there's two or three others I would have gone with. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't go for a more premium foreign keeper option though. So a few little concerns. They're still going to be well up there though. Mulder, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of attacking talent. We know they're going to be exciting to watch. And, uh, you know, for sure, they, they they will be in the mixture, I think, to the title challenge. Yeah, you mentioned they've lost, uh, you know, what the top scorer in the league, you said there, are we? Uh, he's, gone to, he's gone to Red Star, um, which is quite a big deal for him. You know, obviously, he's, he's uh, what, 28 now, uh, going to Serbia, top tier, big club. Uh, you've also mentioned, obviously, their, their, their departure, the goalkeeping departure, uh, to Firth, he's gone to. In Germany, looking at some of the, these new signings, they've brought in sort of uh, a lad from Odd, and they've even brought in Eric Haugen from Ostersund. Obviously, I can comment on him, uh, centre back, twenty-four year old. Where, where are they going to? Who are the a number one? Who's going to be the replacement in goal? And, and number two, who's going to be the man up front for them? Because I got to sort those two out, haven't they? Yeah, Karlstrom obviously comes in from Tromso, the number one keeper, was fairly impressive for for Teal over the last couple of years, to be honest with you, and um, but. You know, he's still a bit raw as well. And it's always a big step up moving up to a, a title contender, isn't it? So I think there's definitely some question marks there. In terms of striker, David Datro Fafana, I think there's a lot on his shoulders. And last season, we expected an awful lot from him, but he actually only ended up playing, I think I've got a, written down here, he only played something like 300 Elitasarian minutes. He's yet to score an Elitasarian goal. If he had said that to me this time last season, I would have said, no way. So he has got to step up this season. Otherwise, they're going to be relying on guys like uh, Sigurd Darsen if he's fit or even someone like Wolf Eichram or Bryn Hilton might have to play up front if things aren't working out with Fofana or Matis Bolly. Goodness, I mean, God help them if they're relying on him. Um, but uh, Fofana's got to work out for them up front or um, there could be some trouble there. They've got loads of other you know, attacking players there who will chip in. We actually had a question from FPL Oakwell. Thanks for this question. Thoughts on the Wolf playing in a false nine this year? Seems to have gone that way pre-season. Is that to look after his body a little bit more? And yeah, Magnus Wolf Eichram has been in that, well, you want to call it like the sort of the Man City false nine position. Um, 
almost strikerless in, in a way with Mulder and I, I just I, I don't like it I've got to be honest he should not be the most well he wouldn't be the most advanced player up, up front would he but he certainly shouldn't be a focal point in that way for me Wolf Eichram is best as a number 10 playmaker with a fast striker or a target man striker in front of him and fast wingers alongside so for me I, I don't personally like it now the FPL Oko makes a very good point about looking after Wolf Eichram's body he's well known for not lasting 90 minutes very often and if he is on the field 90 minutes you know Mulder have got problems usually 60 70 minutes and, and he's off and he's substituted off usually he's done quite a lot of damage by then I, I say my personal opinion could we see him do it using that false nine role it looks like they're looking to do that but I, I'm not a fan of it and I'm not sure long term it would work out they need to get him back in um, his more normal role and position I think that's where he, he's more effective in my personal opinion but yeah for me defensively that there are doubts I mean Eric Haugen's coming from Ossesons I don't know an awful lot about him but uh, you know that's a side that's just been relegated in Sweden um, so that for me is a little bit of a worry but uh I mean, they've got plenty of overall strength. They're going to try and outscore sides. I just think someday the defence will let them down. Hogan's a decent player. I don't think he'll. I don't. I don't think he's reflected in the Ossesson's, uh relegation. I don't think he can be too much implicated in that. He's a. He's a player who's always been tipped to go on, and I think he's at that age now where he's probably ready for a step up. Uh, you know, in quality, uh, going to sort of a big team in Norway. I think. I think he'll profit from that. And. Uh, you know, that that doesn't look too, too bad a sign for me, so I wouldn't judge him too harshly. Be interesting to see how he gets on, of course. Um, and, and he is Norwegian at the end of the day, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that as being something too uh, too much of a downgrade necessarily. Um, but we'll see how it goes, obviously. You never know how players adapt to new environments. Uh, Steve, just tell us about the manager a little bit and how his influence, you mentioned they might change the formation. How, how might that change things a little bit? Yeah, Erling Moo retains his, his his place as manager, and I've always uh, praised him quite highly on this podcast. I think he's almost an underrated manager. He's great man management. Um, however, I'm not sure about this tactical change. He's always been a religious four-two-three-one man. You knew exactly how Mordor were going to line up, but he in pre-season and in the cup matches so far has been looking at three-four-three. Now, I'm not a big fan of three-four-three. As you know from last season, if you're going to do three at the back, I like three five two. Um, but I, the problem I've got if they're going with three four three is I don't think they've got the personnel for a three four three that mould necessarily. I think there's a lack of centre backs at times. There's too many fitness doubts. Um, you know, Sheriff Sinian, Martin Bjornback are starting the year on the sidelines, and you know both do have. Um, fitness concerns you know the, the new lad Benjamin Hansen from Hargerson's a big lad at the back and Horgan from from Ostersund I suppose that adds to depth but I think we're going to end up seeing Mulder play sort of fullbacks at centre-back this is like a modern trend now isn't it that the wide centre-halves are often converted fullbacks and that might work out for them but I just feel Mulder are better suited to a, a flat back four and you know the, in terms of the in, in the attacking roles necessarily it doesn't I don't think it suits them that well either. But look, I might be proved wrong here. Maybe Erling Moo just felt he had to change something up to try and win the league and get one over Buda Glimt. I don't know, but I don't think an awful lot was wrong with the four-two-three-one. I didn't. If it isn't broke, why fix it? And I don't. 
I'm a little bit surprised he's, he's going for this, but at least, you know, he can't be accused of uh, just changing nothing and um, it may well work out in time, but I just feel for Mulder, it might not be the right thing. Great stuff. So you got uh and top, Rosenborg, second, Mulder, third. Just looking at the fixtures, by the way, first day of the season, Buda against Rosenborg, that's a huge game. Uh, Sunday, April 3rd, evening game, so tune in for that. And Mulder at home to Wallerengo, first game of the season. Um I mean, we will do a predict. We will do a preseason prediction on the Patreon, so keep an eye out for that if you're interested. We'll, we'll probably predict some of these games uh, every week or every other week. We'll basically be predicting the game week ahead, and we'll pick three or four uh, of predictions for us from a, from a betting point of view, either teams to win or, or goal scorers or, or sort of overs unders that kind of thing. So um, if you are interested, as I said, head over to our, head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/NordicFootballPodcast, and you can check out all the information there. So I won't ask you for your prediction now, Steve. We'll save that for later in the week. Um, but let's, in the meantime, I mean, for fun, it looks like a, you know, anyone playing fantasy, he's 10.5 on uh, on the lead seven fantasy as well. So he really is probably going to have to shoulder some of the burden uh, left by Oe. But let's move on to your fourth place team, Steve. Who have you got in fourth? Yeah, I'm going with Viking in fourth, and uh, that'll be a drop down of one spot for them. But they could easily challenge for a medal again. They... Um... They had a, a really good season last year, and they're still in the Norwegian Cup, the semi-final stage there. They've got a joint manager duo um, called uh, Bjarte Lunder Arsheim and Morten Jensen. And you won't hear me mention them by name very often. It'll be the, there's actually three teams now in this league with uh, dual managers. Uh, it seems to work well at Viking. They've um, got a good thing going. And you know this team's full of goals, full of excitement, and... They have lost a key man in Joe Bell in midfield. There's no doubt about that. We can't shy away from that fact. But really, he's the only significant departure uh, at the time of writing. And all right, they might lose some players in the summer, but this is a side that they've done their best to replace Bell. And they brought in Marcus Solbach and a youngster, a good young talent from Starbeck, and Nicholas Sandberg, a creative, real versatile player from Argersund. And I think the combination of those two coming in will go some way to replacing Bell. So, yeah, I, I like Viking again. I don't think an awful lot is going to change with them. We, their matches last season averaged the most goals out of anyone, 3.6 per game. So they are exciting, they're entertaining, they're especially strong at home. In Veton Borussia, they probably have the best striker in the whole league. Who uh, is the bookmaker's favourite to win the Golden Boot. And if he stays fit and if he stays at the club, I think uh, it's hard to really argue against that. So this is a side that's always got a lot of goals in it. They've got a lot of exciting players. And um, I certainly recommend any neutrals to give Viking a, a watch. They are in Europe, though, as well. And um, that might be a potential hindrance. They might not go far in Europe. So, you know, the last time I think Aberdeen beat them in, in, in one match during the COVID season. But it is something to consider if they were to go on a a qualifying run, it might hinder them mid-season. Um, and just because I think Rosenborg are going to improve this year, I see them dropping down one spot. But I think Viking are going to be stronger. I could see them getting 50 points and more once once again. Yeah, Viking, you know, they they haven't had too much transfers in and out, have they? I mean, uh, Joe Bell, as you've mentioned, they're quite a big. So you, you were high on him, weren't you? I think you even wrote a blog about him on Wisecout. Mm-hmm. I think wrote about him on Wisecout. Uh, just to remind us, we are renewing our partnership with Wisecout, of course. Um Analysis providers, video providers, video scouting. So we're, we're delighted to be uh, with them again for another season. Uh, and we will be using that to bring you um, expert analysis and, and continuing to write uh, monthly blogs for them. Uh, how are they going to replace Joe 
Bale, Stephen, have they dipped into the transfer market for that? I mean, I've seen they've brought Marcus Sol back in uh, from Starbeck. They've brought a keeper in as well, haven't they, from Brentford? Yeah, they've, I mean, Solbach and Sandberg and a player from within Harold Tangen, I rate quite highly, um, I think could go to some way. Uh, I mean, no one player can replace what Bell did. He was like the ultimate sort of box to box um, playmaker sort of figure. One person isn't going to replace him. And I, they only got about roughly a million for him from Brunby, which I think was a real steal for them. But he's gone now. But nevertheless, I think they've kind of replaced him with just numbers and, and and that can certainly go some way to um to helping things out things i don't like so much about viking the goalkeeper situation i think is a little bit questionable it will either be patrick gunnarsson or harold ustbo um the legendary ivan ustbo is now retired 36 years old um, but goalkeeper has never been that strong for viking in the last few years and it is a little bit of a question mark area we know the defense will give up chances there's no doubt about that uh, so, um, but at the same time, the defenders will create chances. You know, the fullbacks will get forward. The likes of Patanyama, Sebulson, I think is a is a player I really watch out for this year. And uh, they like to play football. The Viking, we've got goals in them. Like I said, exciting side to watch. And um, you know, they had a really good away record last season as well. So, uh, a lot of positives to say. Sometimes when you have a good season, the next year they can be a bit of a downer, can't they? But I feel they can certainly stay relatively the same good to hear it viking uh quite a big club aren't they obviously we've lost we've lost one big club brand who were relegated their manager uh steve before we move on just briefly um any thoughts on their manager he, he he's it's gonna be a second season now isn't it he was uh appointed in 2021 well they've got a, a dual managerial uh in beata lunder arsheim and morton jensen yes it's staying the same again and it's, it seems to work really well for viking i mean i i don't get it but it seems to be a Scandinavian thing, doesn't it? Where these um, joint managers actually tend to work out quite well. Fantastic. So they're, they're in uh, in fourth place. Last season, they finished third. So, yeah, yeah they've, they've, they're in a decent sort of um, trajectory. As you said, they, they've got European football as well to, to contend with. Let's look at your fifth place team, Steve. Yeah, I'm really torn here. I'm, I'm going with um, Lillestrøm in fifth, and I'm going with Valerenga in sixth. But I was really close to switching these two around. I can't decide between either two for, for this spot. But I'm going with ultimately with Lillestrøm in fifth. I might be wrong here. They had a really good season last last time, uh, fourth place for them, and they will be in Europe as long as Strom's Godset don't win the Norwegian Cup. And I can't see them winning it because they would have to beat Molde away and then beat Viking or glimpsed in the final so the likelihood is Lillestrøm will be on their travels in July again similar to Viking how will they cope with that how many games will they have in, in the qualifying run if it adds if the games rack up then it could affect their league form potentially we know it is difficult but they had a really strong season last year and I almost wonder if it was an overachievement and sometimes expectations are then going through the roof a little bit and the next season can be a bit of a downer. And part of me worries a little bit. Call it even second season syndrome if you want, because they did get promoted, uh, obviously, last year. So I'm a little bit tentative here that Lillestrøm, there's a chance maybe um, expectations are too high and they kind of drop down a little bit. I, I mean, I do think they are going to drop down a place or two, but just not significantly. It's still a good squad. They have lost certainly one really key player in Thomas Len Olsen. Um, the striker that concerns me he was a massive part of their 
game plan. Um, but in general, I think their businesses look quite good. They've got a good manager. The club is back on the up again. The supporters are well behind the team. And, you know, it should in theory be a solid season. It just does the thing in the back of my head, you know, will they have sort of slight down of compared to the highs of last term? Yeah, you mentioned their, their transfers. They brought in uh, quite an interesting one, haven't they? Uh, Colin Rosler, who is the son of uh, former Malmö manager Uwe and Manchester City player. Uh, that's a quite an interesting one, I, th- I, I think. Do you, do you know much about him? I mean, he was actually at Manchester City as a, as a kid. Um, don't know how much you know about him, but uh, Norway under-21 international, previously England under-16 international as well, uh, but obviously has some heritage in, in Norway as well. What are your thoughts on their general transfer business, uh, you know, including Rosler? I don't know much about Rosler, but he's, I've got written down on my, on my spreadsheet, big lad from Nat Brader. So, uh, you know, it kind of fits in with Lillestrom. They're quite a physical side. There's some really big bodies here, but they've got some good technical ability as well. It's a nice mix that they have. Yeah. And um, they've had a bit of a, they've had, I mean, for example, in the transfer market, they sold Magnus Knudsen, uh, promising midfielder to Rostov. I think they got nearly a million pounds for him, or quite a fair bit. He's now back on loan until June because of the Russian tra- um, football uh, situation. You know, players were allowed back. And so that's a nice little uh, touch that they've got there. So they kind of sold him, but they've got him back until June. They've brought in Frederick Holst, an aggressive centre midfielder from Elfsborg. You might know a little bit more about him than me. And replacing... Len Olsen is Holmberg Fred Johnson. The last time Fred Johnson was in this league, he did score quite a few goals for Allison. And a lad from um, Songdal in the Obos, a Nigerian called Akor Adams, a fast uh, attacker. So they've kind of brought in a couple of uh, different type of players up front there who uh, they'll hope to fill Len Olsen's boots. In theory, you know, it might it might work out quite well. And Ildren Ibrahima is back as well in this league. Had a great spell at Viking. Uh, they've uh, now brought him back in, very experienced at elite Serian level. So I, I do quite like the transfers. Yeah, uh, quite an eclectic mix there. Horst is an experienced player. You know, he's uh, he's been a good player for, for Rosenborg in the past. I think, you know, he'll come in and sort of, uh, he won't go too far wrong, I don't think. You know, solid sort of pro, I would say. That's the description I would have of him. Uh, let's move on from Lillestrom then. I mean, you, you the funny thing about Lillestrom for me is that you, you used to be quite down on them and they've gone down, come up again, and now you're, you're quite a big fan of them. You know, you, you, you uh, sometimes it shows that maybe getting relegated isn't the worst thing in the world. It can help you kind of uh, re- refresh the club a little bit, can't it? And they're, they're now on a decent uh, trajectory. You mentioned Adams there. I mean, there's a lot of recruitment from the lower leagues, isn't there, in, in Norway at this moment in time, which I'm going to ask you about in a minute. But uh, let's just round off your top six. Uh, mm-hmm. Who have you got in sixth place, Steve? Yeah, I've gone with Volerenger in sixth place and... Um... You know, it could, could be fifth for them, but uh, yeah, the, this is now, I think, the third season with Dag Arlai Fogermo in charge of the club. And I kind of felt for him last season because I think they would have finished higher had they in, they're not had bad luck with injuries and then not sold two or three really key players in the summer. Um, in the end, they finished seventh, but there were reasons for that. However, it seems that their injury curse has, has struck again. Christian Borkovink is possibly ruled out for the whole season with a knee injury there. Top right back, Odin Thiago Holm, a real promising midfielder. He's he's out until June. He can still have quite a big influence on them this season, but his injuries now are starting to worry me a little bit. You know, they've lost 
players over the last 12 months, which is, I think, still going to impact the team, like Aaron Donham, Christopher Clarsen, you know, a couple of others as well uh, spring to mind. And for Gomo, as much as I do rate him and respect him, and, you, you, you know, this guy's going to get as much out of the team as he possibly can, you know, he's, he's, he's not really a modern sort of manager. I just wonder, maybe with Volarenga, where whether they need to a more youthful input at the helm. Um, sort of, you know, we're in the year two thousand and twenty-two now, and uh, maybe for Gomo, not say he's past it by all means or anything like that, but uh, you know, maybe a more injection of youth and um, something a little bit different, maybe down the line, might be what they need. I just feel like, like for Gomo, you're never going to get a glutton of goals with a for Gomo team, whereas I feel like all the other top sides. Um, may well have goals in them, um, so they're relying, going to be relying on defence a bit, which is fairly strong. Um, but you know, with the, the bad news with a couple of these injuries, it might just limit them. And uh, I don't see them challenging for for medals for that reason. They should still be top six, but um, nothing nothing too special. Yes, first game of the season, they're they're away at uh, at Mulder, I believe, aren't they as well? So uh, tough tough games to start the campaign. That's on the Saturday, second of April. Uh, Steve, I just want to ask you about, um, you know, because you had them second last year. That was your season prediction for them. And, you know, do you think it's the personnel that's changed or, or do you just think that maybe, you know, wh why are you more down on them this season? And who are the sort of two or three key players that maybe we should look out for? Let's say you're playing mm -hmm. fantasy or, you know, uh, the, the, you mentioned they lost quite a few key players. Uh, and they seem to be a club that tends to produce quite a lot of talent, don't they? They produce the talent and then they kind of lose them at the wrong time. That's the problem with Volarenga. And the same might happen again. Like, who are we watching out for? Uh, Sahawi. He reeks to me as the sort of guy who may well be sold in the summer. Odin Thiago Holm is, is definitely a, a midfielder worth watching once he gets back fit. In Vidar Kjartansson, they've got a very experienced striker who will score goals if he stays fit. But he didn't stay fit last season. Um, I like the signing of Petr Strand from Brand. He's a very versatile attacker midfielder can do a lot of different things and the, the actual defense might look a bit boring on paper but it's got some some experience and solid players in it like Tolas Nation, Leonard Zuta, even Nasberg and they've brought in Hedenstad, ex-Rosenborg man, uh, he'll be playing right back now so it's a bit of a no-nonsense defense really but uh, it, it will be solid at times in goal um, Christian Chettel Hogg I think there's a few question marks about him maybe He's all right, but he, he's nothing special. I think the, you say, well, I'm a bit down. Um, I think I was probably a bit too high on them last season. Maybe uh, they were unlucky with injuries and losing players, like you said, but it might be just I was a little bit high on them last season. I'm, I'm not down, down on them. I just feel that, that they're not going to be in the category for the medal category, really. Um, I just don't have as much of a, there's not as much of a good feeling around Volarenga as there is Lillestrom, for example, now. The feel, you know, the feeling around Arasen and the Lillestrom fans is far better than, than Volarenga of optimism and things. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I just don't see them really kicking on to perhaps the levels that this club deserves. We, we've, I feel like we've, ever since we started this podcast, we have the same sort of conversation about Volarenga. It's a big giant of a club, kind of sleeping in a way, and it's just waiting to erupt and, and title challenge one year. Just don't see it being this year. There you have it then. Top six. We've got sixth place Volarenga, fifth place Lillestrom, fourth place Viking, third place Mulder, second place Rosenborg, and first place Budu Glimp. Steve, out of those six top six sides, the big teams in Norway, I'm asking you now 
from a fancy point of view for the fancy listeners, mm. give us four or five names uh, that you you quite like. I'm going to throw a few names at you as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start off with 9.5 Zlatko Tripic. Is it Zlatko Tripic? Yeah. I'm going to start you off with him. And you've also mentioned so are we? You think he might leave in the summer? Uh, who else from these sort of six? If you had to sort of pick a mini, maybe like a mini five-a-side team from these five, uh, these six quads, mm. who would you kind of be looking at? Yeah, I really like uh, Hugo Vettelson for eight point five million at Buda Glimt. I also like uh, Alphonse Samstead, the right back there, for six million. I know Samstead is really highly owned, but he's a guaranteed lockdown starter for them in that position, and I think he's getting better offensively um, over the last year or two and uh, you can certainly chip in in terms of molder there's there's not a lot of value with molder in my opinion there's a lot of really high highly priced players like i mean ikram is 12 million but can he guarantee his minutes can you trust for Farner for 10 and a half million i'm not sure i would say probably bryn hildson of the premium prices is the most safe pick but even he's 10 and a half million I quite like Sibbert Mansberg, actually, five and a half million midfielder. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes and um, he, he may chip in with the odd goal, certainly now and then, and, and, and assists. So I think that's quite a cheap moulder player. I, I've got to say, in, in this whole game, I, I've counted it up. I think there's there's 20 players in Elite Assyrian Fantasy who are valued at nine million or more. And there's just no value at all. It's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, you've only got 100 million to spend. And you know that works. I think an average of six point six million per player. You've got a fifteen-man squad, so there's some really poor value around. Um, of the other teams up there, the, the Rosenborg player I like the most is probably Carlo Holzer at nine and a half million. But again, it's a fairly premium price. But I think he can do quite a, chip in with quite a few goals and assists. I also like Raitan, uh, but he is highly priced at seven million. You know, do you want to fork out seven million for a defender? But I think they'll have a good defence. And he will chip in with some assists as well. Who else? Lillestrom, there's not much value there. The goalkeeper, maybe Christensen, you could look at them. Look at him, sorry, if they start keeping clean sheets. Otherwise, maybe Ogbu at the back, the centre-back, 5 million. I think their, their midfield and attackers are quite highly priced at Lillestrom. And as for Volarenga, probably the guy that stands out the most is probably Leonard Zuta, the left-back, who I think does take a few set pieces. He's only 5.5 million. Apart from that, if you really, I mean, Charton, if they start scoring goals, then Chartonson at 10.5 million, maybe you could look at. But if you you can only really afford to have one or two players above 10 million in your whole squad, Jonathan. And there's, um, it's a tough decision, isn't it? You can, you can only really have one Berisha. And uh, and that's about it, really, or, or one Ikram or whatnot. And um, you really got to go searching around for, for value. Yeah, I am looking to take this league a bit more seriously this season after you uh, somehow managed to beat me by, what was it, marginal points tally in Sweden. I still haven't got over that yet. So I think Norway, I'm going to focus on this year and maybe see if I can challenge you a bit after your quite terrible season. But there's some names for anyone looking to uh, maybe uh, dip into the fancy world. If you are, tweet us at Nordic Football. Tell us who you've got on your team. Um, Steve will announce the uh, code to join in a minute, um, maybe towards the end of the show, so keep listening. That will wrap it up for part one. In part two, we will look at um, the mid-table and the race to stay in the division, some of the new sides who uh, Steve uh, has been analysing, including one team that very much are apt with the Meat Man soccer sort of uh, uh, 
mantra, isn't it? There's one, one team there that I think you'll be supporting this season. Find out who it is after this short break. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast Elite Serien Season Preview. I, we were talking about fantasy football there in the first half. And if you want to join the NFP League, then the code to join, and this is all in lowercase, PW3SIH. And that, I'm sure, will be tweeted as well at some point. You're already in that league, aren't you, Jonathan, I do believe, Um you can pull out of it if you want, but um, I'm uh, expecting a better showing from you uh, in this year's fancy. Yeah, I think uh, last season, I do believe I was in the bottom sort of uh, bottom ten, uh, and we had about we had well over about 150 team uh, uh, participants, which was really great to see. So hopefully, if you are listening to this, you know get, get on board. Uh, we do have a quite a, fame, a popular mini league in terms of like the mini leagues in in the in the whole game. We're getting more and more popular as more people listen to the show. So. Fancy.elitaserian.no. They've got an English section now, I think, so you can actually translate it a bit easier if you need. And uh, yeah, it's a standard fantasy football format. I'm doing my team at the moment, and I am ready for it. So uh, yeah, Steve's mentioned the code there. Do you want us to say it one more time, Steve, before we move on? Yeah, code is PW3SIH. So do feel free to join our fantasy league for a bit of fun there. Amazing. Well done. And let's move to the mid tables then now so you've got your top six done mm. uh i'm gonna go from 10th to 7th why not um let's give a bit more credence to the uh to the teams who uh who deserve it so let's start talking with your team in 10th um you've got strum's god set there now i remember you saying something uh, on last season's show steve you said and i'm pretty much sure this is more or less a direct quote at some point strum's god set will go down they're just on a downward trajectory Pretty much sure that's what you said, um, but you have that's not reflected in your predictions this season. That you've got them from 14th last year to to 10th now. So tell me what's changed. I mean, I know they've been a bit of a they've had some controversies, haven't they, in the last year or two? Bit of, been a bit of a strange uh, team. Where where do you pin them now? You know, why are they in 10th? Yeah, you made you made a very good point there that I did say that and. What's actually happened in the last twelve months is they've um, they've made some positive steps. Again, the Henrik Pedersen scandal, if we want to call it a scandal, um, and they replaced him with joint managers Bjorn Petteringa Brixen and Hakon Weeby Lund. And it's another situation where the joint manager thing just seems to have really worked well. And again, I always ask the question: Who's really calling the shots here and everything and all that lot? But for some reason in Scandinavia, this is a system, um, that, a model that works in some places. And I think in God's set, it really has, everyone's been a lot more relaxed. There's been a lot more positivity around, around the club. To be fair, they signed relatively well last season. But what they have done well is uh, integrated this sort of great team spirit into, into the side again. And they've promoted some youngsters as well within the squad it's a very close-knit um, team actually they've uh, hardly added anyone in this off-season but they've not really lost that many either and um they're you know i felt they were on a downward spiral um but i think they've kind of picked themselves up a little bit and if they can kick on this season just have another solid campaign 
they're in the semi-final of the cup as i aforementioned who i mean who knows i mean just two wins away from lifting silverware would, would be tremendous for god's sake i see them in this mid mid table vicinity and i've got four teams we're going to talk about now i see them not good enough to challenge in the top six but really these four teams i think will be too good to get sucked into to, to the relegation battle god set a little bit concerned about how they finished last season and i'm really concerned about their away form but i think they've got enough about them to be pretty solid 10th this year 10th is indeed fairly solid um yeah they haven't had much transfer activity really in aura have they i mean uh, a couple of players will come from there the youth academy they brought in the Ghanaian right back i believe um few departures though is there any is there any key key departures that you think they really miss and the other thing i wanted to ask you uh steve is who, who should we sort of watch out for in in this squad i don't think they're going to miss anyone i mean jonathan parr has i think retired so they might miss his sort of influence in the dressing room with that apart from that there's no one really i mean they, they're welcoming back lars jürgen uh, salveson who missed the entire 2021 for injury there's a big big target man striker for them and uh, it's like buying a new player isn't it really and he's going to link up with fred friday who had, a, had an okay season last year he probably didn't live up quite to the heights that i thought he would but he still did quite well and i think friday is someone who will always score goals i've always always rated him he missed some big chances last year but he had some really good games as well they've got youngsters in midfield johan hover who had a breakout year 2021 and Tobias Gullickson, a really bright 18-year-old attacking midfielder. Um, two lads in midfield, well worth watching. Also, Krezhnik Krezhniki um, is another. So they've got a really nice sort of young um, engine there in, in the middle of the park, um, which I think can drive this team forwards. And at the back, they've got solid, um, experienced players like Valsvik, Gunnarsson and Vilsvik. And uh, it's a nice little blend they've got going. They're strong at home. Marionless Stadion is not an easy place to go. They don't. They're, they're, they are not travelled very well. They're the worst away record, but they've got enough home strength, and they'll have some good days and bad days. But overall, I think Godset uh, are heading in, in, in the right direction again. Well, their their uh, their first game, Steve, is against Jerv away. So you mentioned their their away record there. I'm not sure if you're going to predict this on the show, but you know, do you think they can maybe overturn that with Jerv? We'll talk about Jerv later, so I don't go into them. But just do, do you think they can start the season well, God's set to, to sort of start that mid-table run? Well, if they can't win there, they can't win anywhere, can they? So <laughs> I think it's as good a chance as, as ever. But Salverson coming back into the side, don't underestimate that. If you're in a tough situation away, put your big striker up front and he might just get you a goal, you know? He might indeed. And that leads us on to ninth place. Let's go. Christensen in ninth and this is probably about the highest I've ever predicted them I think my boys my boys yeah this is I think the highest I've ever predicted them initially <laughs> I actually had them up as high as seventh and I suddenly thought hold on a minute this is Christensen I can't predict them as high as seventh um but so, time put some respect on their name Steve I was about to come up on stage and slap you in the face for uh your uh, bit like a bit like the Oscars can, can I just say this is a, this these four this is a very dangerous section historically at least one of these four teams will end up in trouble. Like I had Starbeck and Bran in this section last year and they both went down. <laughs> so these four teams that I mentioned, maybe they should have some fear. Is this the twilight, year that twilight zone? Twilight zone. <laughs> you, you had them in uh, 11th last season. So what, what's changed? Is it finally just giving them some respect or is it because uh, 
they keep just sticking one on on you. That's why I started to like them because every year they basically punt, give you a, a Chris Rock. They they finished six last year. Like I, if they go top six this year, I think I'm going to have to do some sort of forfeit really because it just can't happen. Um, that said, I do think they'll be a very comfortable mid table. You've got to respect what they do. Um, their manager knows his tactics inside out. Low possession, counter attacking. I think they're quite well set up away from home, even though they did struggle on the road last year. And the home ground is one of the smallest in the league in terms of capacity, but it's a real fortress, horrible place to go. Crowds right on top of you, and it can get. It's a just a real banana skin location. So I think Christian Sun, um, you know, they've got a big squad. He, he likes to rotate the the players. It's a very hard eleven to predict each week. I would not like to be predicting the starting eleven and getting paid for for getting that right. Um, but they've got enough quality in the squad. I think they've not lost anyone of significance. And Christian Sund on their day will have some really strong uh, games and they'll have some tough games. Sometimes when they're actually favoured and fancy to do well, they struggle. But they love being an underdog and um, they love proving me wrong. So they'll probably finish higher than ninth. Yeah, one thing I love, uh, Steve, just looking at their transfers. I mean, sometimes the beauty of looking at these transfers and spreadsheets and things is you just find some ridiculous teams that you never heard of in your life. Yeah. Christiansen have signed a player from a club, and I quote, the name of the club is Mobile Phone. They've signed a guy from Mobile Phone, F- Mobile Phone People FC in Ghana called David Agbo. I mean, do you, do you know much about Mobile Phone FC, Steve? I mean, do you get the signal there? <laughs> I, I really, I don't know anything about this David Agbo, but <laughs> they've also brought in a another Ghanaian called Isaac Anan from, I don't even know what club. It's listed as unknown, isn't it? Um, but um, let's just, let me just talk about a couple of their important players. And Sean McDermott in goal, every single season, this guy comes up with some massive saves. He's good on penalties. If you're looking for a fantasy keeper, like for your whole 30 matches, he would, you could do worse than McDermott because I think he will rack the points up, and uh, he's one of the better keepers in the league for sure. Underrated, even underrated, I would say. And another guy I really like for them is Amidou Mido Diop in midfield, an absolute man mountain midfielder. He's like a a technical target man sort of player in, in, in right in the middle of that park who has a great engine. So they're they're, they're two players that I really like there, but they've got. A sprinkling of, of, of talent across the field. Snorstrand Nielsen, what a great name at right back. Um, he'll go well for them. And um, a solid sort of side, Jonathan. I know you are a big fan of Christiansen and they'll continue to go fairly well, I'm sure. I've always I've always had a soft spot for them just since. I remember when they beat Rosenborg one year, quite a few years ago, when they had uh, Nicholas Bentner, wasn't it? And ever since that day, when I think you said there was literally, quote unquote, no chance they'll win it. And they went and won it. And uh, ever since then, I've just kept an eye on them, constantly turning over your predictions. So, uh, yeah, they are my boys this year. I do like a bit of Christmas, I have to say. So good. And, you know, finishing sixth last season. I mean, at one point, they were fourth, weren't they? I think. Yeah, they were, they were riding high, you know. And what they've achieved. So, yeah. you know, they don't score many goals. 41 last season, which is lower than odd, which I think. But uh, very, very impressed by what they do there. I want to try and get someone on the show from Christmas and the season. So, if you are listening, Anyone involved with Christensen, get in touch. Uh, let's move on to your next uh, prediction because you've got, uh, as we said there, God set in 10th, Christensen 9th, 
And in eighth place, a team that we don't sort of talk about that much, you did once describe them as, was it the Newcastle of the Elite Serbian? Uh, I don't really think odds could be described as the Newcastle. Maybe I did, I don't know. Um, Hampton, I think you called them. Yeah, they're kind of a bit of a nothing side, but they might be a lot more exciting now. They've got a new manager called Paul Arne Johansson, and he goes by the nickname of Paco. This manager has uh, managed Norway under 18, under 19 and under 20 level over the last four years. And uh, it's an interesting route into management, but um, I've been reading some of this stuff and he talks a good game. He wants to bring exciting football to odd. Um, and all the players have been talking very highly of uh, Paco. So I'm actually for once excited by odd actually. And they could be, they're a prime candidate to rebound after finishing a very disappointing 13th last year. Um, odd, I, I just don't think, they, they, they can't be as low as that again, I don't think. And um, it's just a question of how high up the table they move. I think they move to a, a comfortable mid-table. I think they'll certainly surprise a few teams at times. And um, yeah, it could be one to watch. I think they're going to play an interesting, exciting brand of football. And he's slowly going to build this this squad up to um to be to be quite exciting i think jonathan to hear you say you're excited about odd is is <laughs> unprecedented to say the least uh, i've always quite liked odd in a way like they always i've always thought they don't get much uh love i think i just like the badge you know they're the sort of team i think i've said it in the past if i was on if i was playing football manager uh, they're the sort of team i would i would uh I would love to sort of take up you know they, they just i like i like the i like the badge basically and i like the kind of um status of them uh, see, ins and outs. Have they lost anyone key? Because mm. I see they've lost one player to Mulder, for example. Yeah, Marcus Corsa, um, who back in the day was in, on the 10 to watch list, Jonathan, you might remember. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a a good signing for Mulder. And is it, is, is, you know, of course, it's an important loss, but I wouldn't say he necessarily held the whole team together or anything like that. I'd have got a lot of versatile midfielders like Kitalano, Conrad Vallum. Jorgensen, Lechven, who can play sort of um, out wide if needed, or even centre-back, and Odin Biotov's another one. So they've got a lot of versatile players. There's a lot of versatile players across the Elitarian, to be honest with you. I guess you have to get used to playing a lot of different positions. But I like their goalkeeper situation. They've got Leopold uh, Wahlstedt, who's a very promising candidate. Sandra Rosbach at one point was touted as the next sort of big goalkeeper from Norway. In, at the moment, he's only the number two or odd. So I don't know what's going to happen there down the line, but they've got a really strong keeping situation. There's a lot of talk about the signing they brought in, uh, Joseph Bakai at left-back. Um, supposedly, uh, you know, he's going to get quite a lot of minutes, I think, for, for odd this season and uh, could be a surprisingly good uh, pickup for them there from uh, Lillestrøm. And uh, a big lad, uh, Ivan uh, Mesic uh, from uh, Norseland. So... Yeah, they've also signed Mikkel Inga-Brixen recently, just in the last week or so from Trump. So, interesting side. And, you know, there are a lot of question marks as well over them. We don't really know exactly what they're going to do, but they, they looked all right in pre-season. And um, it might be, I think, be a good watch. Quite exciting team. And also, uh, watch out for Tobias Lauritsen up front. I think he could score a few goals from this season. Yeah, Inga Brixen is also one of the sort of former, one of our former tenter to watches, isn't he? I remember uh, he was at EFCOR for a bit, EFCOR Jotterborg in in Sweden, uh, and you rated him quite highly, didn't you, in the early days, mm. if it's the one I'm thinking of. That is him. Uh, odd, 
formerly known as Odd Grenland. You might even, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you might remember Odd Grenland because um, they're certainly quite well, more well-known, aren't they? Oldest football club in Norway, part of the attraction, founded in 1894. They've never won a title, but they have won the cup 12 times, which is a joint record. So, uh, yeah, an interesting team. I've always, I've always, I've always quite liked the cut of their jib, I'll be honest. So uh, I'll keep an eye on, keep an eye on Odd. Uh, you've got them in, as, as you said, their eighth place. Last season, you had them in ninth place. So always mid-table. Let's look at seventh place then to round off this mid-table section. Uh, who have you got in seventh, just below Wollering in sixth? I've gone with Sarpsborg in seventh place. And this is another side. I'm actually very excited about Sarpsborg for the first time in, in, in years. They have got a new manager in Stefan Bilborn, ex-Hammerby boss, and another manager who has basically promised an attacking brand of football, exciting style. He wants to, to entertain the fans. And you look back at his history of results when he was at Hammerby and you, you really you can't kind of question that. The, there were a lot of overs. Uh, he won a cup there, I do believe, at Hammerby. And, uh, you know, it was it was an exciting team. To, well, that, that, that season where they nearly won the league, I really enjoyed watching that team. And if he can bring that to Sarpsborg, I think it's quite a bit of a, a coup in terms of a manager here for Sarpsborg. It feels like a really good hire for them. And they're switching from a three-man centre defence for the first time in about three or four years. So it's going to be 4-2-3-1. And I think in this instance, it probably suits them. Um, and I think you just kind of rebuilding the team up They've had a couple of sort of signings in, uh, in the last w- week or, so, or two. And I think it might take him a year or, or so to kind of get the, the side where he wants. But they're a dark horse. And I think quite a few kind of thinking they're a dark horse this year. They are going to be attacking. I think there's going to be goals at both ends. They, it strikes to me as a sort of side who might become this crazy sort of team suddenly, which is a far cry from what they were, you know, 12 months ago. So it just shows you how things can change in football. Whether or not they go quite as high as seventh, I might be a little bit optimistic here. Their defence might let them down, but I'd, I'd certainly see them moving to mid-table. I think there's enough quality here. They've got the manager, and I think they'll continue to build in the summer. So I think I'm very optimistic about Sarpsborg. Good to hear some optimism there, Steve. Uh, I, I, uh, Bill Bourne's an interesting one. Hammerby are quite a strange club, and obviously the Osvenskan season preview will we'll delve into that a bit more. Bill Bourne, kind of feel like the jury's out on him, but I do think there is a decent manager in there somewhere for sure. So I can sort of, I can sort of get your excitement. I, you know, and I do think he will try and be attacking, you know, and I, and I think you, I, I do think you've got some good rationale. He had them in 12th last season. So big rise for them, five places up to uh, seventh. So uh, that rounds it off uh, for your, for your mid table section. You've got 10th, sort of set, ninth, Christiansen, eighth, odd, seventh, Sarsborg, and then obviously top six, Bolerenga, sixth, Lillestrøm fifth, Viking fourth, Molder third, Rosenborg second, and Glimp winners of the title of 2022. So just looking at the uh, mid-table section, we've got four teams there, back to fantasy, uh, or sort of, you know, players to keep an eye on. Um, where's the value in these mm. four teams uh, if people maybe looking to pack, pack their squads with a few fillers? I think I'll, I'll start with Sarpsborg here. And it's quite an experienced squad, actually, Jonathan. There's not many starters that are going to be below the age of 25 which is interesting i don't know whether billborn does like a sort of an experienced squad or not but i like anton salatros midfielder six and a half million i think he can definitely contribute points and jonathan linseth he's a bit of a slight premium option at 8.5 million but he's cheaper than quite a few other midfielders 
uh, I think goals and assists are going to come through Linseth. And you could also look at Saltvet, actually, for them. I'm not sure if he's going to start regularly, but he's listed as a defender. He may well, may well be playing out on the wing, on the left wing. So, you know, if, if he can nail down a spot, he could be worth looking at. In terms of the rest of the teams from that midfield section, I mentioned Bakai, odd. He's a very cheap defender at four and a half million. I'd get him in in, in your squad, um, certainly. Lauritsen at eight and a half million, I think will score some goals. You, you could look at the goalkeeper as well. Valstat if he does nail down that spot and Godset I'm not gonna I actually think that some of the Godset players are a bit overpriced I've got to be honest Hover and Gullix and I want I would ideally would have loved them to be a bit cheaper um but I can't um you know I do like a bit of Friday nights and um Fred Friday at eight million I think is he, he will definitely get goals and now that Salverson's in the team as well maybe there'll be less attention on Friday. So I think Friday could be, I, I I don't think he's a particularly popular pick out there, but he certainly would be for me. And what was the other team? Um, Christiansen, Christiansen, how could I forget them? Sean McDermott, the goalkeeper, five and a half million is probably the best I can suggest from them or uh, maybe Snorstrand Nielsen, don't sleep on him. Um, <laughs> six million, a little bit. That's a little bit premium, isn't it? Six million, like for example, that's the same price as Samstead at Glimt. Who would I, I would definitely go with Samstead over Nielsen, but you know, there's no doubt he does fit into the system quite well. Yeah, funnily enough, I already have uh, Selectros in my in my fantasy team just to give away a bit of a spoiler, but uh, I, I like him. He was also at AIK, played 100 games, 100 plus games in Osvenskan, uh, won titles. So, um, yeah, decent uh, decent player there at Sartsville. Sartsville could be one to watch this season. I, I do think uh, I've seen they play, brought in a lad from Hammerby, a former Hammerby man as well, and Gowali. Uh, so there could be a team to potentially keep an eye on for sure. Uh, that wraps up the mid-table section. When we come back from this short break, we'll move on to the bottom of the table. Who's going down? Uh, and we'll look at the new teams as well, which have given Steve a bit of a headache in these last few weeks, trying to get information about them, haven't they? But... Uh, Tune in for part three after this short break. Welcome back to part three of the Norway Elite Serien 2022 season preview podcast. One of our most listened to shows of the year always. So I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we're looking at every single team in the league, predicting where they're going to finish. And we're going to also have, as we've mentioned, some uh, bonus episodes and things like that. So uh, do support us, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast, if you are interested. Uh, we've looked at the mid-table section. We've looked at the title winners and top six. We're now going to move on to the promoter teams and round it off with a prediction of who will go down in the Elite Serie in the season. So, uh, Steve, in 11th place, you've got one of the newly promoted sides in Arlesen. They're back. Now, give us a brief overview. Of, you know, where were they last season? How did they come up? And what's changed at Arlesen? And why 11th? Well, I mean, this might seem high for many people listening because Arlesen are basically the Norwich of Norway. Or I used to call them the West Brom of Norway, didn't I? But I think Norwich, the Norwegism is the best way now to describe it. They are just up and down constantly. Um, I think they've had probably two relegations, two promotions in the last four seasons or along those lines anyway. Now, the last time they came up, I optimistically had them well in mid-table um, and it just didn't work out. 
But this time, I feel like they have got the manager in Lazan and Nielsen, experienced head, and I, I just don't see Lazan and Nielsen getting relegated over the course of a whole season. Um, so, yeah, I think it's time Alisson settled down a little bit at Leicesterian level and for once, don't go straight back down. I mean, in terms of um, where they were before, I remember they had some quite exciting players, didn't they? But they just never really, they were never really able to gel together, were they? In that was it 2020 season? I think. Mm. Funnily enough, that was the year that uh, Elite Seven was on Eurosport, wasn't it? I remember watching, I think it was the first game of the season or something like that they were on um, on my big HD TV. I loved it. It was um, brilliant, wasn't it? I remember that game. It was, it was against amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. It was, it was that hair on the back of my neck was standing yeah. up. It was brilliant. And there was fans as well, wasn't there? It was mm-hmm. even back during COVID day. Well, full COVID. Um, the first game back is April 3rd, Sunday against Christensen. You know, how are they going to approach this campaign? Have they got managerial changes? Have they kept anyone from before that you might like to, to sort of highlight? How are they going to get to this 11th place? Well, they sacked Lars Bohinen midway through the 2020 campaign. It just, they conceded far too many goals. His system worked a dream at Obos level, but it seemed it just at Litasarian level, they just didn't have the defensive quality. And they brought in Lazana Nielsen, the ex brand manager, and uh, it was just too late. He couldn't save them. But um, he's took them straight back up. And you know, I, I looked at the, I don't really follow the Obos in great detail, but I looked at this squad and I'm, I'm kind of surprised it didn't actually win the league because on paper, I think they definitely had the best squad in the Obos last season. Hamcam won the league, but Art and Arsenal finished second. But really, they should have been cruising their way to the title. But I've seen it before where sides like Lillestrom, Tromso went down there and didn't probably perform as well as you want. It can be quite depressing, can't it? If you're constantly getting relegated, you've got players who think they're better than they are at that level. Eventually, they settled down after a little bit of a hangover start and they went on a long and beaten run until, I think, the last game of the season when they were already up. So, But this is a good squad. They've kept most of their, their players um, that, that, that they went down with. They didn't lose that many. Um, they've got quality like Simon Nordley, who had 20 assists last season in 30 games. And then he scored 10 goals as well. I, I mean, I like the... They've signed some players in defence and goalkeeper. They, they they look good with Sten Gritterbust has come back to the club. This is quite a solid team on paper. And I think with Lars Arne Nielsen in charge, who is quite a pragmatic coach, you know, he's not like a Warnock or anyone like that. But, you know, he will happily play ugly if he has to. There's going to be, you know, it's going to be like 4-2-3-1, nothing too fancy. And, you know, they'll dig in if needs be. There's enough individual quality, I think, to get them to them by and they'll just happily look to survive. But I think they can actually do it with a little bit to spare. They could definitely get sucked into the into the relegation battle. But this is not a bad team on paper, Jonathan. I mean, there's plenty of elitist experience here. They've got guys like David Foreman. Do you remember him at Hammerby? Nearly 200 hours fencing and appearances. And he's still only 32. That is a good player to have, isn't it? You know, I think there's enough here for them to, to sort of certainly survive. Yes, interesting. And I mean, a big breaking news today, in fact, as we record, is that they've uh, sold one of the sort of main players from that Elite Serians uh, campaign, Nicholas Castro, has gone to Brand, um, who obviously have gone down, haven't they? But uh, he's moved down a league to go to maybe arguably a, sort of a bigger club. Um, Steve, how do you think that will affect uh, Arsenal and your prediction, of course? Well, do you remember two years ago we were talking about Castro as this really big prospect to look out for in the league? And yeah. 
we were kind of surprised Arsenal kept him really, and he didn't have he didn't have a bad year in the Elite Serien that, that that year. It um, but he didn't quite reach the heights we expected. He actually seemed to slump. He went backwards last year. He only scored seven goals and scored. Uh, sorry, scored uh, seven goals and had four assists. I think there was a few suspensions in there. He may well be the Mitrovic of Norway. Like, too good for Obos, but maybe not quite uh, elite Assyrian. Well, I think he is elite Assyrian level, but probably not at the level we thought he was going to be. I I'm not sure they'll miss him that much. Sigurd Horgan scored 21 goals for them last season. I've mentioned Nordley's weighed in with goals and assists. I don't think he's the key player he once was for Arsenal. Okay, 11th place. We will talk about some of their players for your fantasy teams as well. I mean, Christensen, that should be an exciting game. Uh, come on, UKBK. But um, let's move to your 11th. Uh, so you've got them in 11th. Let's move to the newly other promote side. You've got them in 13th. Uh, and that is the meat slash ham combination we've got here. Ham Cam have come up. We talked about them a bit last season, didn't we, towards the end of the campaign. They've managed to get promoted. And now they're in Elite Serie. And you've got them in 13th, which means they would stay up. Of course, bottom three, bottom two go down, 14th goes into a relegation playoff. So you've actually got Ham Cam and Arlington to survive, Steve. Tell us about this new team, Ham Cam, and how excited are you to see a meat-related product uh, <laughs> in, in Elite Stadium? What a great name for a club, Ham Cam. Um, I kind of feel a little bit old. When I first started covering this league way back in the day, Ham Cam were a, were a regular Elite Serian side. And they're back in the league for the first time since 2008. They fell on hard times, uh, financial problems. That they, I think they even got relegated to like tier four or even maybe even tier five. And uh, they're back now. They're historically a fairly big club at this level. Decent back in, stadium. Back in your old days, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah. Nice stadium, historically a decent-sized club, and uh, it is very nice to see them back. They won the Obos last year at a, a canter, really. Uh, best defensive record in the league. Remember, they did have, though, Chetil Rechdal was in charge of them last season. He's now moved to Rosenborg. So, mm. uh, taking over, though, looks uh, they, they've, they've hired well here by uh, bringing in uh, Jakob Mikkelsen from um, an ex-manager of Hammerby and OB. So, dense in, in Denmark. So this guy has quite a bit of pedigree, actually. Uh, only 41, year, 41 years old. He comes with a decent track record. They've got Tom Dent, friend of the podcast, uh, is the assistant manager there now at Hamcat. And so that's an interesting sort of coaching uh, lineup they've got going there. Um, as I say, last season, they they, they they really did well in the OBOS. I, mean, I do have a few concerns about Hamcat, though. They've lost some key players. And, you know, Rechdal... Obviously suited him there with this defensive strategy. Will they continue to be so strong at the back? I'm not sure. And, um, you know, I think they will have enough to survive. But um, I don't think it's going to be uh, all plain sailing for Hamcam. Not plain sailing for Hamcam. Uh, and the other thing they have to maybe uh, deal with, or sort of uh, one, maybe one, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, one string to their bow is a certain assistant manager. Isn't it? Many congratulations to a friend of the pod, Tom Dent, uh, who actually, uh, since we've recorded the last uh, show, I think I've met up with Tom Dent and a, a nice uh, beer with him. We went and watched the non-league game uh, in England when he was back in the UK for a few days. So yeah, massive uh, good luck to Tom Dent. Obviously, the former, I suppose our blink manager. He's he's moved from uh, 
second tier now to assistant manager role at Ham Cam. So, you know, he'll, he'll experience a league to Serie for the first time and, and you think they'll stay up. Uh, yeah, you mentioned sort of a couple of players that they're losing and, and things like that. I mean, it's always a challenge, isn't it, when uh, manager leaves and things like that as well. It's, it's going to certainly be a challenge for them. They've brought in, a, a, I see, a Ukrainian forward. Uh, they've also, like you say, they've lost quite a few players. Uh, Gibson's fan have taken Rasmus Linkovic as well, who I, I always liked him at AIK, but I wonder if that will affect them. So, yeah, I mean, f- for any Ham Cam fans listening, obviously we've mentioned that Tom Dent's back. Who are the sort of key players, uh, Tom Dent's move there, sorry, who are the sort of key players uh, and key departures that you're maybe concerned about? Well, Samuel Rogers, the American centre-back, has left to Rosenborg. Steiner Stromnes has retired. He, he was getting on a bit, but he was the captain. Uh, another centre back, Rasmus Lindqvist has moved on as well. Yeah, that's three important players, and it looks like Rechdal's trying to sign half their team because he keeps going after this um, attacker, Christian Eriksen, who's a lot of people talking about. I think he's owned by like thirty percent of people in fantasy, and you know he he certainly tore up the Obos again. Twenty six years old, a lot. I've never really seen much of him, and um, you know. Is this another sort of Nicholas Castro syndrome where someone comes up at a sort of an older age and we expect a lot of them? Who knows? The jury's out. I'm going to wait until I see more of him. But um, I'm always a little bit dubious when nobody, when when you, someone hasn't always already moved up to the top level at the age of 26. Jonas Enkelrud scored a lot of goals from last season. He's a target man, 32-year-old. Are they going to get as many goals out of him? They've got an interesting goalkeeper, Nicholas Hagen, the Guatemalan international goalkeeper, number one choice there for them. So, uh, interesting player. They have signed uh, left-back Vegard Kongsro from Buda Glimt, who might be interesting. They've actually signed five new defenders, and it's quite a youthful back line, apart from Alexander Melgavis, uh, who I uh, did rate his time at uh, Lillestrøm. So, I just worried that defence was so strong in the Obos. Is it going to be as strong this year? It looks like they're going to play a 3-4-3 system, even though I think the manager historically uh, has been more of a flat-back four-man. But Rechdal's system here was very, very effective, so I don't think they're going to change it initially. Um, Interesting team. It's going to be how these new signings go. Frederick Scholstad in midfield looks like a good signing from Mulder if he can stay fit. Can these players that dominated in the Obos do it in the Elitisarian? Quite a few question marks. I think they'll have enough to survive because they bring with them a winning mentality. Do not underestimate promotion bounce from a team that's used to winning. And I think they'll start the season fairly well. They might tail off, but I think they'll just have enough to survive. Yeah, interesting analysis. This is a very much a defence first side. Uh, Just looking at the stats from Wisecout. Fourth best in the league in Obos last season for expected goals, um, which obviously wouldn't have been good enough for them. But expected goals against miles by miles the best team in the league 25.87 xg against the next best team in that league for xg against was Sondal with 38.4 so comfortably the best team defensively in the league by by a long long way and that's what's got them promoted um so I, I guess maybe you could be looking at them as a potential team that uh you know for a few clean sheets maybe they might have some fancy players you might want to pick up only 45 percent possession average as well last season fourth bottom of that table as well so um going to be interesting to see how they approach this league. They've got, uh, as you've said, um, first game of the season at home to Lillestrom. It's actually the first game of the entire campaign, uh, Saturday at 3pm, um, April 2nd. So 
Yeah, keep an eye on Hamcam. I quite like the badge. You know, if we were doing a badge badge tournament again, they they quite like the look of that. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on uh, to your rock bottom team if you're happy. Yeah, absolutely. You will round off the sort of newly promoted sides because you've got one of the, you've got two of them to survive. We just mentioned there, uh, Ham, Cam, and uh, Arlison. But rock bottom of this table, Steve, you've got Jerv. Mm. You're yes. not part of this Jerv fairy tale, are you? Because I remember back in the last season, you you weren't even very happy that they 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 got promoted. It was a remarkable promotion campaign, but uh, you've got them to go right back down as bottom of the league. Tell us firstly how they got promoted in the first place. You know what do they do well? And then tell us why you think they will just be tumbling straight back down again. Well, I've got a question for you here, Jonathan. How familiar are you with Wolverines? Wolverines? Wolverines, yeah. You mean like the, the Marvel character? Or? The, no, no, no. The, 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 the animal. The real-life animal. I can't say I deal with them on a day-to-day basis. but uh... So, Yerv <laughs> is the Norwegian word for Wolverine. So, that oh. is their sort of nickname name whatever you want to call it you like that yeah they're from the um i've actually forgotten what city they're from grimstad that's it yeah but yeah it's that the wolverines of norway so it's an interesting sort of name it's the first ever time they are in the elite Assyrian in their history wow so this is brand new territory for them and if if they live up to their nickname wolverines are not to be messed with from what i've been told i do like that name (laughs) You've already got my you've already got my ears peaked up here. Like they a... um they're not to be messed with, and they're quite a ferocious creature who will defend their territory. So if they live up to the nickname, they could be difficult. But look, you know me, I I have to think with my head over my heart a lot of the time, and um, I, I look at this team and I, I struggle to see how they don't finish bottom of the table. To be honest, Jonathan, it's um, I know I've been here before with sides, and Ranheim spring to mind. And Ranheim are actually semi-pro. Yerv are a, a, a fully professional club. Um, but I just look at this team and it just doesn't look to me like it's got enough quality. They've signed a lot of new players, but it looks almost mercenary-esque where are these guys going to fit together particularly well? I remember with Ranheim, everyone knew each other. Everyone was sort of... There's so much great team spirit at that club that they that's why they kind of had a great first season. I'm not sure the same will happen with Yerv. They've lost their best player, Diego Campos to Degafors, who was an absolutely crucial player for them last season. So that immediately gets me concerned. There's not much um, Elitisarian proven talent here um, at all. And there's, I mean, there's a couple of new signings who might prove all right, but I don't know much about them. But, uh, and, you know, they, they, their home ground is known for being. A bit of a dive, so say it politely. Uh, it's the lowest attendance ground in the league. That might work in their favour, you know. It might be the sort of place no one wants to go. Um, but I just look at it on on paper at the squad, and uh, this, this club doesn't feel like it's ready for Elite Serian. I hope they enjoy their season, um, and and they should be celebrated for for the first ever time getting up here. But um, I, I feel like it's going to be a, a really tough ride for them. Tough ride for the Wolverines. Uh, I mean, I, I already, when you tell me something like that, I'm excited straight away. Uh, I don't know too much about their history, of course, like you said, but they're, they're, the way they got promoted, that penalty shootout was incredible. Um, it was against Brown, wasn't it? Mm. 
And I remember watching that and there wasn't that many people in the stadium, like you said, but I remember there was one fan on Twitter or, or Instagram even maybe. Um, and there was like fireworks going off after it and, you know, people were dancing around on the pitch. Um, it did. I don't know who that fan was. I'd like to find that. I think it was Instagram. So if you are a Jerv fan, please do get in touch this season because I'd love to maybe get some more sort of fans maybe on this season and listeners um, just to tell us about the club and that kind of thing. So we'd love to hear from someone from Jerv. I mean, Steve, you've got them rock bottom. You think they are. Just have a horrible season, um, and I did. You know that 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 kid you mentioned who's going to Degerfors. I've been looking at him for the uh, Swedish season preview. By the way, he looks he looks quite good. Um, if they are going to stay up, or if they are going to do anything in this league, how will they manage to do it? You know, where where are the goals? Maybe where are the points going to come from if they can? Because uh, you know, first game of the season, they've got uh, got to say as we mentioned at home. If they can defend their turf, how are they going to do so? I've, I've looked at this squad and. Um... It's, it's not like Mjørndalen, who were kind of big lumps and big physical sides. It looks like there's a few technical players here. Not necessarily fast players, but technically OK players. And they might actually try and play a bit of football, but I think if they're going to survive, then probably Willis Furtado, who was last year's top scorer, Kate Verdian, who is regarded as a strong mental player from what I've read. It's going to have to have a strong season. And they've got a midfielder called Matthias Rickman, experienced uh, guy in the middle there who is the captain. I think it's arguably probably going to be their best player. They're, both of them two have got to stay fit and, and, and he's got to have a good season. Got an interesting guy from Peck Zvola. They've signed Leandro Fernandez, who might have some pedigree, just a gut feeling. But I'm only going on what, I, you know, research into this player. He might prove to be terrible, though, as well. Um, but they have signed nearly, I think, a good eight or nine new players. And it's a big question of who settles in here. There's uh, Some of these new guys will sink, but maybe some will swim as well. Um, the defence looks quite slow. That concerns me. They've got a manager who's been with them a long time, Arna Sandster. I think he's been there since 2016, so he knows the place really well. Look, they'll have their day in the sun. There'll be some games where like teams do not want to travel there, and who knows, they might even surprise a few at the start of the season. But I just it's quite a strong league this year, Elite Serian. I think um, if it was a year where the, the sides were really poor, they might have even a chance of, of potentially competing, but I just feel that they're going to, going to finish bottom by default. I think I could see them getting between sort of 20 to 25 points. Um, it's going to be a tough year, but who knows? Maybe there can be a pleasant surprise. Surprise! I've been wrong about this sort of side before, so I'm not going to completely write them off. Yes, indeed. Jerv, there you go, everyone. Bottom of the league. Keep an eye out for it. We've got a few more teams left mm. in the season preview podcast. Uh, obviously, those are the promoted teams we've got in 11th, 13th and 16th. But let's look at your 12th place team, a team that... Doesn't really get much coverage. And since they lost Bruno Leite, I've lost all interest in them. Uh, it is Haugesund you've got in 12. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried for Haugesund. And I very nearly put them in in in, uh, in my bottom three, to be honest, Jonathan, because I believe they're just two or three key injuries away from being in huge, huge trouble. It's a very small squad. And it has been for a while, to be honest with you. I just feel like Haugesund, if they're not careful, they're going to become a bit of a nothing club. And I've seen sides like this eventually go down. You know how I mentioned last year I was worried Godset would kind of fall into this category and they managed to re rebound. I'm kind of saying the same about Hargerson here. I've seen it happen with 
sides that have gone down before. Um, it's happened with Lillestrom a little bit. Bran, if you're not careful and you don't sort of address issues, you can end up in trouble. But uh, I don't really know what Augustine's identity is. Um, they've got a sprinkling of good players, but it is a really, really thin squad, like I said. They're going to be quite defensive-minded. I worry a little bit where the goals are going to come from if Alexander Soderlund, an ageing Alexander Soderlund, doesn't come off. Um, I'm not very optimistic about them this year, Jonathan, and it wouldn't honestly surprise me if they ended up going down. Yes, and just just sort of looking at them as well, <clears throat> you know, like like we said, they've lost quite a few players over the years. Mm. Their outs seem to be larger than their ins in, the, in this in the window. Yeah. Um, Christopher Velder's gone, who's gone to Lech Poznan for nearly a million pounds, which is quite a big move, uh, Steve, for them. Must be, must have brought in quite a lot of money from that. Um, and they brought in a centre back from Mitchelland called Soren Reith, I believe, and uh, someone from Vitesse called Hilary Gong. Um, just tell us, sort of, like the, the you say you said you're worried. You know, who who are the ones that that you've lost that you, you know, you're really upset about? Mm. And where do you see them going from here? Because you said they lack an identity, and that's always an interesting word in football: identity. You know, what what is that? What actually is Halgerson's identity? Well, exactly. Yeah, it's a very good question, and I actually quite like the manager Jostein, uh, but again, I, I'm like, I don't get excited when I think about Halgerson. No. Not, I'm not saying I ever have done, but I've never really been like disappointed with them either. Um, it's just there's just a, a real lack of, of optimism in terms of Christopher Velder was a really good player for them, and he's deservedly got his move to a, a better league, and um, that's a big loss. He was a massive part of their creativity. Nicholas Sandberg to Viking, I mean he he he's big. Benjamin Hansen, towering centre back, Mulder have snapped him up. Alexander Stolas. Yes, he was getting on a bit, but he was a big part of the dressing room. I loved his influence. Even an, another experienced lad, Joachim, Joachim Nielsen, I think him leaving is a blow. And Their new signings don't fill me with much confidence um, at all. And you know that it looks like they're going to be promoting from within. I think a return loanee, Christoph Zafiris, who was um, back uh, a Growwood on loan, I think he's he's a decent young player mentally, but and he might be getting quite a few minutes. Um, the, the squad is 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 really thin. I'm not sure how many new players are going to come in. Like I said, they've got a few key guys like Martin Samuelson, Alexander Soderlund, and uh, at the back there, probably Ulrich uh, uh, Fredriksson is is a key man. But if they lose some of these guys for a prolonged period, they could be big. already Samuelson. I think he's injured maybe for the first game. Then they could be in trouble. I just I worry about them all over the park if injuries set in. It's not like one area, but you know they're an experienced squad and it's a tough place to go to. Hargus and it's a grass pitch. Sometimes I mean the weather seems awful there. They may well just about get enough home points to keep them afloat, but um, yeah, it's going to be a challenging year. Yeah, looking at looking at Hargerson in terms of a bit of trivia about them, they actually nicknamed the uh, the, the Seagulls. And their supporters club is called the Marker Birgit, which is the, the mountain of seagulls, the independent supporters club of Halgerson, uh, based on the three seagulls on the city's coat of arms. Um, the mountain inward, the fjord and the, along the sea. So, I mean, I'm looking at their, their crest and it's a bit, it gives me Brighton vibes, Brighton and Hove Albion vibes. I don't know if that's a, a fair comparison to be made. 
main rivals are Fiji according to Wikipedia, uh, and to a lesser extent, Bran. Um, but I don't know if that's true or not. You'll have to confirm that for me. But yeah, Haugesson, one of those teams that haven't really been on our radar. They did get to the Europa League <clears throat> qualifiers, didn't they, in 2020, which was which was decent. But apart from that, they've kind of slumped a bit um, since then. They've gone seventh, then ninth, then eleventh. Uh, and who knows where they're going to end up in 2022. But you've got them to be uh, below 11th. In fact, you've got them as 12th. So let's look at then the relegation playoff and the relegation place because you've got Jerv to go down. You've got Allison 11th, Haugesson 12th, Hamcam 13th. That leaves two more teams left on this season preview, one of them to be relegated and one of them to be in the uh, uh, relegation playoff. So uh, let's, well, whoever you want to start with first, Steve, let's take it away. Who... Who's going to be in trouble this season? Well, I've gone with Tromso in the playoff spot and I've gone with Sandefjord uh, second bottom. And with Tromso, it's a, it's a tough one because I just worry that they might have a little bit of second season syndrome with Tromso. Um, they did well on their return to the league to, to survive, mostly due to a, a strong sort of last 10 games where they, they finally started to pick up points at home. They had, I think, the most under two and a half goal games out of anyone in the league, which kind of suggests that they did lean more on defence towards the back end of that season. And, you know, they've got three-man defence. Sometimes it's a five-man defence, so you can see why they do get involved in some lower-scoring games. But, you know, with say they just might just drop down a little bit this season. They've lost a goalkeeper, Karlstrom, to Mulder. Um, the replacement is Jakob Halgard from from IE Core, he's he's injured, I think, for the first three or four weeks. Um, if he doesn't kind of come off well as a signing, they could be in in some trouble there. Um, they have lost Thomas Totland as well. He was a, a really good player for them. Uh, one of the the wing backs in there. The wing back is a really crucial part of Tromso's system. So to lose one of those and a really top guy as well, I think that is concerning. They've still got some some reasonably decent players, um, a sprinkling of decent players, but um, it just could be a year. I think they might lack goals at times. You know, it just might be a struggle. I think they're going to be in the relegation dogfight. They might just about have enough, um, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, Totland, by the way, uh, he will feature on our season preview because um, he's moved uh, to, to Sweden and... Um... Is one that I'm 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 interested to see of using him. There, you, you seem to quite rate him, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, I've been studying him, so we'll talk about him maybe on the next show. But uh, you quite like Tromsø, don't you? I mean, you talked on last year's show, but you're interestingly about the sort of brand and sorry, uh, Buda Glimt Tromsø kind of rivalry and how you know it was almost like Manchester City, Manchester United type thing, where although it's a you know more organic glimp, certainly the Manchester City in terms of the funding, but um, you know the kind of uh, smaller city or smaller town rivals have kind of usurped the so-called big boys. Tromso have really struggled in recent years and they've had to watch their neighbours do so well, haven't they? They're under a dark cloud from Glimp. There's no doubt about it there for sure. It must be a difficult time. I think it's a big year for Tromso. If they can just survive this this term, then I think they can maybe kick on as a club again. But this is this is the year where... I mean, if I wanted to be optimistic, I would say they could go as high as, say, 11th be a fairly low-scoring team and sort of grind their way to, to survival, use their home advantage well. Uh, but if I'm being negative, it just might go kind of pear-shaped for them. 
they it did concern me how long it took them to actually get a home win last season. For some reason, they were better away from home. I don't know why. Probably the system, maybe, um, is, is a reason for that. Some players to watch out for. Definitely August Mickelson is is a, is a bright young talent. How long they can keep him for, I'm not sure. I like Sakarius Opsal as well in midfield. I think he's a good technical player. And they've got a bunch of kind of experienced defenders who you know, will be hard to break down at times. I don't think they're going to be the most watchable side in the world. Um, not boring either, necessarily. It's just, I think their games will naturally contain fewer goals, just kind of the style they play. But um, again, they're another side, a bit like Hargerson. If they kind of, if they lose injuries to key players in midfield and, and attack especially, you kind of wonder who's going to step up. Um, they've got a lot more depth in, in defence, but uh, yeah, the, the squad does lack a little bit of flair and quality going uh, forward at times. I think. Yeah, so uh, dark times for mm. for Chumzo. Fourteenth uh, place, he got them in relegation playoff. I wonder who they would play. Could be Brown even. Uh, that would be one hell of a, a clash. Uh, and in fifteenth place, you've got Sanderfield to go down. They've you flirt, they've flirted with it, haven't they, in recent years? Uh, you did have them uh, as bottom last season, in fact. Uh, and he had Trump's the 13th last season. So you've got both of them uh, kind of, you know, in trouble again. Um, Sandefjord, you think, will get relegated, Steve? Yeah, I think you've got to give Sandefjord massive credit last season. Um, maybe even the biggest overachieving side in the whole league. Another team that have got a dual managerial uh, uh, couple in charge, Hans-Erik Odegaard and Andreas Tegström. Probably the last time you hear those two names mentioned this season in the pod. I'll be referring to them referring to them as the duo did really well last season but i feel like it, they overachieved i think they overachieved quite a lot in terms of xg expected points stuff like that and they've lost players they've lost with success kind of you pay for your own success sometimes bryce when mangomo has gone to glimpse vidarari johnson who had a massive year has, has moved on christopher hansen as well had a, had a top year in fact they've lost quite a lot of players um, some not so important, but um, there's quite a few outs. Not that many have come in, which is a concern. The strongest part for, for Sanderfield, I think, is goalkeeper, Jakob Storovic. I still don't know why no one good has bought this guy. I, I rate this goalkeeper. But interestingly, they've actually brought in another keeper called Hugo Keto from um, HJK Helsinki. So their goalkeeping line looks at the strongest part of their squad. I wonder if Storovic might move on in the summer and it's kind of a contingency measure already. Um, as for their other new signings, I don't know an awful lot about them in particular. It just The squad just seems to generally lack quality. They managed to kind of counteract that last season. But, um, you know, for the second year in a row, in, in what might be a stronger elite Surrey in this season, I, I feel they're certainly in the relegation battle. They, they might survive, they might not. I mean, I see them as the second automatic relegation side. I think it'll be close. I think Yerv will be rock bottom. I think after that, there's five or six teams who are in the mixer. And I'm just edging towards Sanderfield for that second automatic spot. Yeah, they finished 10th uh, place last season. And you said, uh, as you mentioned, it was one of the biggest uh, overachievements. Uh, scored a lower number of goals, uh, 38. Um, sim same as Brown, obviously, who, who ended up going down. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, wasn't expected much of them, was there, Sandefield, last year. They start the campaign against uh, Haugesund. 
what do you see in that game, Steve, just to start off the campaign? You know, because it looks like those two teams are going to struggle this year. You know, is it going to be sort of who can get off the mark quicker? And in terms of Sandefjord going down, is there anything they can do maybe in the window, the days left in the window? Or are they a team that doesn't spend that much, really? I mean, that, that, that result of that game could be big. Like, it could determine which side gets off to a better start, which could be de- massive in terms of who stays up. I see it as a poor quality, low scoring match, to be honest. It's a, probably a massive under two and a half goal contender. What can they do? I think they need goals. They just they lack a goal scorer for me. I mean, it looks like Alexander Rude Tavita is going to be the starter up front and he might be useful, but he's not. You wouldn't hang your house on him scoring that many. They, they need a little bit more help in terms of goal scoring, in my opinion. They just need a little bit of quality, of extra quality, full stop. But let's be real. This is a club that don't have particularly great resources and expectations are not going to be that high. We can't criticise them or anything. Um, it's, they're just going to try their absolute best to try and stay in the league again and, and try and build that way. And it might not be pretty. They might, they might have enough. I was impressed with what these two two managers did last season for them. So we can't underestimate Sander Fjord. But when a side generally overachieves the next season, inevitably they come down a little bit. It's just a question of how far. So I just don't see them. I don't see them kicking on. It's just a regression of how much. And, you know, definitely relegation battle. Just a question of how low. There you go, then. That is about it we've got for this season preview. In terms of the league table, do you want to recap then, Steve? From six, yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll recap my uh, predicted uh, table. I'm going to start right at the top. Buda Glimp to win the league. Rosenborg in second. Mulder in third. Viking fourth. Lillestrøm fifth, and Volerenga rounding out my top six prediction. Seventh place, Sarpsborg. Odd eighth. Christiansen in ninth. Stroms Godset rounding out the top ten. Eleventh place. I've gone with Allison, with Hargerson in 12th and Hamcam in 13th. Tromso, 14th, the relegation playoff position. Sanderfield in 15th, automatic relegation. And Yerv as the bottom place club this season. There you have it. It was a long season preview. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, bring on the season. Magnificent shift as always, my friend. Uh, that is pretty much it for this uh Season preview episode, as mentioned, 10 to watch will be on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, some big names in there to keep an eye on. Uh, and we've already given you a few now here as well. So, if, you know, as we've said, we've got a free episode and, and a Patreon episode. So stay tuned for that. But uh, first round's coming up. Get your fantasy team in. We've given you the code. Um, I don't know if you want to repeat it one more time, Steve. I suppose I'd better maybe talk about just a couple of players in that bottom uh, six who might be a bit of fantasy value before I do the code. And um, I would say, for me personally, I know I, I was a bit down on Tromso there, but August Mickelson at eight million as a midfielder could be a good buy for your team still because he's going to play up front. I think as a striker of most weeks, he's fast. He gets in behind, and if you're going to get midfielder points scoring goals i think that's pretty pretty damn decent really if you ask me there's not too many others from these uh sides maybe arlison you could look at sigurd horgan as a seven and a half million striker or even simon nordley as a seven and a half million midfielder um but um not too much stood out from horgerson or yerv or sanderfjord to me um i mean you, you, you certainly 
dicing with death. Maybe look at favourable fixture runs for these sides and they might have something. But, um, yeah, not too much uh, stood out. I know, like I say, Ericsson was a popular pick for Ham Cam at 7 million. And, you know, I think he's, that Ericsson for me is a boom or bust. I think he's going to go, he's either going to really tear up the league. I mean, Rosenborg will link with him. But I just wonder if that's because Rekdal knows him. The other lad from Hamcam, maybe Mel Gavis at uh, right wing back there, could be worth looking at. But um, yeah, I think you're taking a few risks if you're looking to fill your sides with like Sanderfield or Yerth players. Good stuff. Yeah, sorry about that. I forgot to ask you. But uh, what's the code again? The code PW3SIH to join the Nordic Football Podcast. Um, well done. Fantasy League. And yes, the Tenter Watch will be on Patreon. Uh, before the start of uh, the weekend, so keep an eye out for that. That'll be it. We'll also have the uh, Osvenskan season preview 2022 to come. I've, uh, I've been brushing up on my spreadsheets, so stay tuned. hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do tweet us at Nordic Football or follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Twitter at Nordic Football. We're also on LinkedIn these days, uh, just starting off on there, but not many followers or anything like that, but uh, we tend to put the podcast on there. Obviously, we put the uh, episode with... Um, uh, the most recent episode on there with a, a Danish perspective. So, yes, we will be back for uh, next week as well, uh, re- recapping the sort of first weeks and everything like that, and we're back into the rhythm of it. So, really well done, Steve. Thanks very much. Uh, pretty much that ends this episode for now. So, um, without further ado, unless you've got any last comments, thanks for your work. Yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, do like the video, subscribe to the channel, um, leave any comments as well, and we'll, we'll get back to you. But yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And it was an epically long one again. I can just talk forever, can't I, sometimes? So uh, apologies for that. But um, yeah, really enjoyed it, Jonathan. And looking forward to the season now. Great stuff. That'll be all. I uh, enjoyed being with you, Steve. And see you again in 2022. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for your continued support. It's year number five. Uh, we might even hit 150 episodes this year. Who knows? So let's see how it goes. But for now, thanks for listening. Jonathan Faduba, you can find me on Twitter at JFFootball, J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L. And you can find Steve on Twitter at Meatman Soccer. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Goodbye.